everyone and welcome to comics from the multiverse episode 109 no 110 are we on 110 i, I mean we're in the 200s for a start oh yeah. 210 210 like you know what I was... <laughs> look whenever i question a digit i end up messing up one of the odd digits that i was sure of like just but it is 210 yes 210 right we're on 210 Someone that loves facts and figures, he still can't get our numbers right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is why DC relaunch every hundred issues or so because it gets quite hard to keep track after a while. This <laughs> is the way it is. Uh, so this is a DC Comics podcast. I am Peter, and I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, hey bang a ring. And ducks fly together. Uh, I'm saying that because he's wearing That's a right. ducks hat. Uh, Carter's yep. also here too. I am. Yes, Car- it's also Carter's birthday. Just uh, for everyone at home playing along. Just- why I'm going to get steadily more drunk as the show goes on. Yeah, because that's different from every other episode of the show. Hey, name one episode of this show where I have got drunk. On uh, this show specifically. I can't name one episode because it's all the episodes. I resent No, that. He's, he's been coherent. I've never seen... I've interacted with Drunk Connor, but I've never seen it for myself. He has. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> We used to watch Harrow together. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yes, this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about comic books, uh, what we've been reading this week. Coming up on this week's show, we have uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal issue 2, we got Strange Adventures issue 3, Justice League 49, Aquaman 61, Matt Braved the Waters of Nightwing 72, and it's also the final issue, Jimmy Olsen issue 12 of that miniseries. Plus, for Patreon, I did American Vampire issue 8, which is actually a makeup for last month, but uh, more on that later. Uh, So, that is what's coming up. So, not a big list of books this week, but a couple of them are very big, chatty books. Uh, They tend to get a lot of conversation. Uh, More importantly than that, though, we do have October solicits to dive into and talk about uh, the news that springs out of those as we encounter it. So, some big stuff to talk about this week. And we'll we'll get into that uh, as we dig through it. Uh, so yeah, so as we are on episode two ten, uh, we're we're maturing as a podcast. We've reached that awkward age. Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I hope we could all live to such a ripe age. They say the the person that lives to one hundred fifty has already been born. So yeah, we shall see. I've got, I, we we probably won't see. But... No, no, no. Uh, I, 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 do you know what, Matt? I'm a bet. If I'm a, I wasn't, I'm not a betting man. But if I was a betting man, I'd put odds against it being Connor. Well, I resent that. I am. Yeah. I'm a, a a healthy person. Are, are you still doing the the five k running app thing? I am. Yeah, I'm on week okay. four. Good on you. I would I like know, to point out one. that when he went to say healthy, he hesitated for a second. Uh, that's the start well, of the, the drunkenness. No, 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 I was thinking about it, and then I'm like. No, I would consider myself healthy overall. I I, I don't drink excessively that often. I am uh, a healthy individual. And, and I eat reasonably <laughs> healthy. I, I mean, through no fault, I, I don't eat any chocolate. I, don't, I, don't eat, I, I rarely yeah. eat any, any sort of sugary sweets. I, I occasionally have some crisps. That's about it. I cook all my own meals. They're pretty reasonably healthy. I'd say I'm reasonably healthy. Yeah. Okay. We all have our vices. Mine, mine's, you know, fast food. Connor's is alcohol. Pizza's numbers and not being able to line them up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting shit from the man who ordered Subway at 10 a.m. the other day. Yeah, I was on the Subway. I was hungry. But it's not, it, it's not exactly healthy, is it? And then, 
And then how many cookies did you have with it, Pete? It depends. Well, okay, first of all, the cookies, I'll get to the cookies in a minute. That's a separate point. Uh, Subway is as, as healthy or unhealthy as you choose to make it, quite frankly. True. Right? True. Um, and I am loading up with a lot more healthy options than I used to for a start. And there's no cheese anymore because I gave up cheese. In fact, it's been a year since I gave up cheese. This is a full year without oh. cheese. Uh, by choice, not because I was forced into it like Connor's body did to To be him. fair, other than on pizza, I hadn't had cheese in like 15 years. Well, I have to have cheese on anything, including pizza. Yeah, for but you're year. lactose. Like, that's oh, yeah, different. But before that, I just didn't, I didn't eat cheese. So. Ah, look at the goalposts yeah. moving, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, on the cookie thing, right? So, so basically, Subway have long had a tradition a tradition you know what i mean all right they've long had a thing <laughs> subway tradition right it used to be three cookies for a pound now obviously inflation over time it's 150 now right but right so the first time i ordered subway at home like a few weeks ago as oh, i'm gonna get three cookies i want three cookies right so when i ordered a subway the other day i went you know what no no i'm just gonna have one cookie right i want a treat i said i do have the, the, the you know i've got the craving but I, I, i'm not gonna overdo it just because i can and the bastards put in two free cookies with a little note saying, hey, please give us a good rate and enjoy the complimentary cookies. I'm like, God damn it! I'm trying to be healthy, and you're giving me free cookies. I ate That's them all, hilarious. obviously. Yeah, of course, it's healthier now. <laughs> it's free cookies, you can't. Also, like... I want to point out, I, I don't think this alcohol is that much unhealthier than the, than the energy drink Pete is chugging right now. Wait, what energy drink are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a sugar-free Monster Sunrise, which is the orangey yeah, one. That's not, yeah, that's not too bad. Yes, but I mean, he, he I don't drink them has more energy drinks than I drink alcohol on an Bill's average week. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. One time, me and my friend decided to have a competition who could drink more energy drinks, and I almost died. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that episode of Futurama where Fry has too much coffee and he vibrates into a new plane of existence? Do you feel like that's that? how I that that's how I felt. Um, turn turns out the energy slurpee from Seven Eleven, not not the brightest idea. So, like yeah. I am, I have I have a male advice here uh, of wanting something tasty to drink. You know, although on the upside though, it is literally the only source of any kind of caffeine I have. So it's not like I'm overloaded in caffeine. I don't drink coffee or anything like that because it's well yeah. disgusting, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, you too. <laughs> I, I found I, out I, this week that Connor doesn't like coffee. Yet I know he loves tea, so I yeah, bet I can find a coffee no, that Connor does I, like. I love all kinds of tea. I love some whiskeys that a lot of people will go, "Oh, yo, if if you like your dark coffees, this is the whiskey for you." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, give me that whiskey. I love it. Uh, you know, like a good, yeah. like, you know, like a, 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 you know, a good Lafroig, like like that iodine whiskey." And and they're like, "Yo, this is this is for people who like their black coffee." I'm like, "I kind of hate black coffee." But yeah. give me that whiskey. But see, I, I bet you with, with my coffee adventure since quarantine had started and me getting really into the different kind of coffees and grinding my own, I bet you I could find one you like. Do you know what? I'm willing to admit that is possible because I've tried yeah. very few coffee. Because I tried a handful yeah. and was like, I don't well, like these. And then I don't like anything coffee flavored, which I know is yeah, insane. Well, coffee but it was like, yeah. Yeah. But um, it combined with not liking the, the handful of coffees I have tried over my life, I was just like, well, I guess I don't like coffee. Yeah, maybe maybe there is one out there for me. Also, it took... it's, it's Connor's fault I drink energy drinks anyway. I, ha I have to drink them to stay awake when I'm talking to him about various things. Otherwise, I just pass right out. Do, do, you, know, do you know the other day, <laughs> Pete said he was trying to fix his sleeping pan. He was getting it back to normal. <laughs> and, and, then, uh, and then we did, we did a recording at about 1 a.m. And he sat there chugging an energy drink. I'm like, well, hang on. What the hell are you playing at? That is not normal. 
I care about uh, keeping my energy up for the good, for the quality of the show, for the entertaining factor, the entertainment factor. Hey, well, I yes. I had a long day yesterday, and I came home, took a nap, did my workout, um, and then decided to make some coffee. And I was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's one of those days." Plus, whatever I don't drink, I'll just have for the morning. Mm. Right. Um, so the coffee kept me kept me going until about it was the latest I've been up in quite a while. Um, to, until about midnight. About midnight. Because um, when you have to be up at four for work, you yeah, know, you get those yeah. sleep patterns. But uh, yeah. but yeah, co- coffee kept me going. It was pretty pretty decent. Can, can uh, I just point out that a week ago, Pete gave me a match shit for talking about random stuff before we got to the actual show. He's like, no, yeah. no, don't turn people off before we get to the comics. Yeah, because it was sports related. But, yeah, but, but now because because it's been Subway and energy drinks, Pete's all into it. Just real quick, what, what's your Subway sandwich, Pete? I'm going to determine <laughs> if this is healthy or not. Uh, chicken tikka. Okay. Uh, with... start. Sorry? Isn't, wait, is chicken tikka breaded? No, no it's marinated. Real chicken. Okay. No, chicken okay. tikka is one of the, okay. the low fat options on the menu. It's, okay. uh, it's definitely okay. one of the better ones. Uh, uh, so I got lettuce, onion, peppers, chili flakes, and some sweet chili sauce on wheat bread. I mean, really, your only wrong turn there is maybe the sweet chili sauce because it's sweet. Yeah, you can have a but... little bit of a kick, though. You can have a little bit of... No, but I'm, ta- I'm talking about there might be extra sugar in there, but sure. other than that, I would say that's you know, it's a healthier sandwich than the one I get I, from say... Jersey Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, four different meats and a cheese and, yeah. you know... Bit, bit yeah. of an overlap conversation here for anyone who's been watching the Doom Patrol reviews. Yeah, yeah, we talked about because yeah. they, well, they brought up sandwiches in the, the episode, so it, it led to a subtalk. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. and there's probably there's a lot of people who listen to this show who also listen to our Doom Patrol reviews because it's Doom Patrol yeah. and it's a DC yeah. show. So, uh, all right, well, like just tangents are perfectly fine as long as I'm interested in them. Uh, the rest of the tangents uh, are garbage. So. Uh, with that said, uh, we will get into the DC Comics solicitations for October 2020. Lots of interesting stuff in here, some best news sprinkled throughout, and some speculation I would maybe get to later once we've brought up some of these stories. So, first things first, uh, the order, this is just the order they're in in the Newsarama article, uh, for anyone following along. Just uh, quote-unquote official order that DC gives them to them, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for a while it was alphabetical, barring one or two big things at the start, whereas they seem to be a bit, a bit more grouped this time, as I was, I was noticing yeah. as I was going through. Yeah, I noticed when I scrolled the other day, like the, once you get to like the, you know, the action comics and Superman stuff, they're buried below a bunch of random trades yeah. in the middle. Yeah, so it's a weird order, but uh, Batman issue 100 and uh, also issue 101, they're not like doing like a just one issue thing. Uh, as expected, issue 100's an oversized issue, uh, $7, 56 pages, uh, is the end of Joker War, uh, Tynion's still in the book afterwards, which we, we knew at this point anyway, but worth mentioning and reiterating here, uh, since we're actually at that point. Uh, the mm-hmm. cover for issue 100 has a funky uh, new Batsuit. <laughs> yeah, I know Tynan was tweeting about this the other day. I believe he said it was already introduced in his run somewhere. Uh, or... In the utopian vision mm. that Alfred had. Yes, same, is yeah. the same suit from the sequence previewed in Batman 96, uh, which we haven't had yet, right? Or we just had 96. I don't, I don't remember. I can't remember. Uh, but he says it's a super designed by Alfred before his death for a sure. utopian Gotham. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I can see that's been something he wears for one thing and then 
you know, likely. Was that guy. Just, uh. When your whole thing is to hide in the shadows, having metallic blue. Oh, that's yeah, maybe that, not the well. That, that's I, just I not a stealth that's why shit. It's it's for ut a utopian yeah. one where he's not actually really needed anymore in the same way. Right. So it should just be Bruce Wayne. But now we're just splitting hairs. I guess. Love I just wanted to face something wrong with it because it's a Batman thing. Oh no, uh, I I don't like the look of it. I really. I mean, I mean that's fair. Like, it, it's fine. I don't like the colors. It, 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 Joe it's giving just, me vibes. Weird. It's giving me vibes of the suits at the end of Batman and Robin with all the silver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, it feels like an action figure Batman. Yes. You know. It yeah. Yeah. It feels like when the, the movie comes out, you get the regular one, and then the one has to sell like ten more toys. So there's like, oh, this mm -hmm. is this type of Batman and this type of. Batman, even though most of them right. are never in the movie. That's what this yeah, feels like. Yeah. Feels like the, the, one of the weird knockoff ones. It might be better in context. We'll, oh yeah, we'll maybe. See. I I trust in Tiny. I'm just first, you know, snap judgment. Is that <clears throat> kind of an ugly looking suit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main art on this issue is uh, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, there are backup stories though, which I assume are still part of the the run in the sense that they're not just like random sage stories. Well, but... they're all Tynan at least. I think my yeah. only disappointment with the fact that there are backups is that okay, end of Joker War, you got a huge oversized issue. Would have been nice to just be a huge oversized climax. To that I, story. I mean, I assume the backups are all sort of epilogues, maybe specific characters from you know. Yeah. It says uh, after the huh? senses-shattering conclusion of the Joker War, come a pair of short stories that will chart what's to come in Gotham City and Batman. Oh, so the teases the first showdown between Batman and well, Clown Hunter. So the teases for the the next stuff then. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. fair enough. Same same kind of difference, really. Uh, Batman One Hundred One, of course. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Gillian March is the artist on that book. Again, yeah. Um, also, I, I just checked, and last Batman was ninety-four. So we've not had it so, yet. So, he, so yeah, he said the yet. previews of Batman sure. ninety-six. So I guess it shows up in the preview pages already that are out there, because um, because the previews tend to come out a good month before the issue. Yeah, uh, Detective Comics one thousand twenty-eight, and then Detective Comics one thousand twenty-nine. As worth mentioning, by the way, there's a, uh, a lot of the books have Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four variants. Although I question yeah. if those are going to be t uh, that relevant in October. Well. I think they've already shifted these variants. I think these variants are all done. I think they did ah, have okay. them scheduled to come out already, but when the movie got delayed, they delayed the covers. So I'm sure they'll just do that again. Well, mm -hmm. I, I'm not convinced October's that lately at this point, so we'll see. Neither. Also, it's really annoying how Detective Comics has great artists right now. Like, this it is does. Not, you know, this, this one, Nicholas Scott and Kenneth Rockefeller is the two issues, and I'm like, God damn it. I, I've been really attempted to sort of catch up on Detective, not because I expect it to be actually great, but as, as a you know a fun enough B book, it might be okay once it's past the, that arc that I really didn't like the ending of. I don't know. I think the problem is right now Batman is playing kind of like a, a B book. Not in that it's bad, but in that, you know, the, the yeah. style of storytelling is, is, is kind of hitting those same beats. But like you say, the art is, you know, the, at least in theory, I've not seen the art itself, but, you know, the, the people have got We're on it. willing to assume that they're doing their usual standard. Yeah. So, uh, also, there's a, one of the masks on that Detective Comics 1029 cover is basically a bat version of a Wolverine mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the one on his, on his, uh, on our right. I see yeah. it. I, I can only Under assume the that's supposed to be Dukes, given the color scheme. Yeah, it's probably a Duke mask of some kind, yeah. But it looks very Wolverine. Uh, even to the point where it kind of has a mask, like sort of representation of the uh, the sideburns. Whose is the not booster gold on the just on the left? Uh, Harper or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, compare. I don't know. Oh. It looks familiar though. Like I definitely. Oh, I know. It's Black Lightning. Ah, that's yeah, right. That's Black Lightning. Yeah, because you who's, got who's the cowley, the red cowley one? Uh, red on oh, to the left of that one. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a good question. It almost yeah, yeah. looks like Batwoman in, in a lot of ways. No, nah, Batwoman's, yeah. nah, Batwoman's above Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Robin's above Batman. You, yeah. you have Cass's right above that. So. Um, I don't know. It, it looks like. Uh, there's definitely a non bat character that I'm thinking of that has a mask like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just. It well, could be it's a, a hawk. Because yeah. we've got Hawk's Tanner mask. up there. Was like that, but I don't think that would be here. Nah, yeah. you know. Uh, oh, regardless, uh, it takes out a yeah. Batgirl, which is the first of the ones of the story. I'm going to save my speculation until we get to all three of these. Uh, yeah. But just to mention here, of course, that this is the final issue of this run, uh, and that is ending uh, Batgirl with issue fifty. It's an oversized issue, six dollars, forty-eight pages. Uh, it's still Cecil Castellucci. Uh, there's a few different artists on it. I, you know, it's it's kind of sad that Supergirl kind of just kind of. Ch- wound down and then get killed off or not, i mean not literally killed off but the book get killed uh, off yeah uh, and then batgirl just a couple months later is essentially doing the same thing where this last little run's been kind of uh, just i will be shocked if batgirl doesn't get a relaunch i think she's far too <laughs> popular a character but, yeah i no, think given uh, even you know, before we get to the actual speculation just on batgirl specifically given that we had that tease coming in the tiny in the in the one shot i think it was the dark knights one shot mm. um uh-huh. Maybe we're getting someone else's Batgirl, which is a good That's... reason to renumber. That is possible. That is possible. I don't know. I, I even suspect the Supergirl may be back before too long, but I want to save the speculation until later because yeah. uh, it all kind of ties together. Can... Yes? Can we talk about this Middleton cover? It's nice. It's um, gorgeous. Is, yeah. is this what it's going to look like with the sketch drawings and then the. I think so, but just Batgirl finished. Yeah. Yeah. That looks so cool. Like, yeah. I, I might pick this up physical just for that. There's cover. a. Uh, Middleton variant on uh, I think I think it's on Wonder Woman. It's it's a Wonder uh-huh. Woman cover. I don't know if it's for eight four. If it's just uh, on the Wonder Woman book itself, yeah. that is phenomenal. Like one of his best covers ever. Um, if it's on Wonder Woman later on, check when we get down there. Yes, so good. So uh, moving on, then we have Catwoman twenty six, which is still going strong after now. So cool well it's only just changed its writer in yeah. in the in the scheme of the solicits so i would expect a, at least a few months more yeah mm-hmm. uh, any cover on that one connor you can get yeah. a look at that yeah, yeah. Uh, we have an oversized issue of nightwing for issue 75 which they are flat out saying nightwing is back he's in his blue suit uh jurgens was hyping up on twitter uh, which is cool and all. I think the problem with this, though, is that despite the fact that this is the big Nightwing is back issue, which is, makes it mild attempting to read, it's still a continuation of the run that was going on. So, like, how much of the plot is going to feed into, like, where he was just before he came back? And I feel like I need a new writer to jump on with yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I dislike Jerkins. I mean, it's not really, that's not really the but problem. But I don't here. really want to read the previous 20 odd issues yeah. or whatever it's going to be at that point. Yeah. So, that's uh, a thing. Uh, so one of the big new books, actually, this week, a 12-issue series, a, a Tom King 12-issue series, which has kind of become his speciality, uh, with Jorge Fornes on the art, and this is a Rorschach 12-issue series uh, with a phenomenal cover, might I add. I love the uh, the old book cover that they've got going here, the style. So, yeah. my, my opinion on this is kind of uh, layered. On the one hand, I don't necessarily want them to keep doing Watchmen things right now. We've, you know, we've only just had Doomsday Clock, we've had a TV show. Uh, like I could do with them staying away from Watchmen characters for a the, while. That said, though... The, the state of the real world is kind of scary <laughs> for that, similarities to Watchmen, and I kind of don't want to sure, participate. Sure. That said, though, 
this is exactly the type of thing that Tom King is good at, is these 12-issue series on characters like this. So, I mean, this is going to be good. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I really don't care for more Watchmen right now. And I'm not going to be excited, even despite the team, because I like both of these, you know, people on it. All three, actually, because Dave Stewart's doing the colours. I think he's a great colourist. But it's hard to get excited. But once the issue is in my hand and I'm reading it, yeah. I'll probably still enjoy it. I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. There's there's been a lot of talk about Rorschach lately, and about how Alan Moore created him to be this what he imagined Batman to be like for real. And yeah, it's not a glorious of... character. And I kind of, to me, it kind of ruins the character of Rorschach. Um, granted, I haven't read Watchmen in like ten years, so there's probably a lot that well, I well. It's worth mentioning. About. It's worth mentioning here at this juncture, though, with Matt bringing that up, is that the solicitor's actually implying that there's a mystery of to who actually is wearing the mask. It's not yeah. just this is the Rorschach from the book. You know? Honestly, right. I assumed it was from the new one, Doomsday Clock. If anything, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, um, with with them doing this with Rorschach, and he's such a complex character and whatnot. Like, it's just funny that that came out, and then. Like I, I read that story via Twitter, and then this comes out this week. This news. Yeah, I, I, I just was knowing that Tom King has been teasing that this this series. I think this one that he was teasing about a few months ago has is done. All of the pages are drawn. Yeah, everything is completed on this entire. Book. Yeah, he's he's been teasing a Watchmen project at some point, but also I just add back onto the premise of this book is that I don't think it is the one from Doomsday Clock because this is set thirty five years after the original story, and Doomsday Clock was only set. A handful oh, of years right. later. So this is that's actually right. the the, 90s. this is more like the TV show and that it's a sequel that's yeah. set in present day. Uh, so, I, and I, I think I think I, I kind of like that in the sense that I like that if we're going to do a Rorschach thing, it, it's not either the original or the Doomsday Clock one. It's like, again someone else wearing that mask, and this maybe is something what, to explore. What I do like as well is there's no reason that it's not the same universe still right because obviously right. In, in doomsday clock it took the characters from let's like, say a handful of years later but that world <clears throat> still continues on its own trajectory it, it, it could be a part of that or it might not be i think i'm not too fussed either way i think what i like about this potentially is that much like doomsday clock and the tv show it's just an optional sequel and if you go into it with that sort of mindset where this is just set full of down the light and both of those ended up being great sequels to watchmen in different ways mm-hmm. uh Carter's making faces. I don't, did, what, what did you not like? He didn't like the the show. I, as the much the, as we the did. TV show lost me uh, towards the end. What episode eight was the best episode? How are you? You're no, a yeah. in, a, in a vacuum, I think that episode is fantastic, but I don't think it delivered on the promise of the, the it, show overall. Like the first the... three episodes oh. really set up the, what the arc of the show was, and then by the end, it was like. Here's Manhattan and and Watchmen and stuff, but I'm like, this isn't really what the show was. No, I I felt like it earned it. It just it did the Damon Lindelof thing where it got in the weeds a little bit too much, and I kind of forgot what they were going for, and then it picks it all back up at the end. Like individually, you know? all the episodes are fantastic, every single right. one. Even even though, yeah, the last ones where I was feeling this, but the back half oh, of the man. season, I felt like it got really hyper focused too much and kind of lost track of the overall narrative um, well, for me. For, oh, anyone, no. for anyone listening, I disagree with Carter thoroughly and recommend you check the show out for yourself. I, as, uh, as do I. Um, I as the, the generational, people. the generational struggle there is really, really good. That's I think what it nails. But um, Jeremy Irons, his character, oh, he's great. I'll oh, say yeah, no more. Totally. Holy, like next level. 
All, yeah. all the performances are fantastic. Uh, while well, 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 that show was airing, like, every week I was going, Miss Crookshanks! Miss Crookshanks! <laughs> uh, loved it. Alright, uh, so Rorschach, I'm actually really optimistic. I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily want more Watchmen stuff, but I mean, if we're going to do it, then a black label Tom King 12 issue series with a good artist yeah. is pretty I mean, much. It has no bearing on continuity, which is usually Tom King's great at. Yeah. You know? Uh, so. So next up, we actually have another White Knight book. Uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn issue one of six, uh, although not written by Murphy. Murphy is doing the art with Katana Collins, who is writing the book. Which so, is, which I think that's his wife. Is it? I oh. think so, yeah. 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 Oh. He married someone named Katana? I mean, fair, I mean, maybe it's just a pen name, yeah. but still. That's <laughs> what I saw. I mean, if not, rad. Yeah. So, now our Black Label book, obviously, uh, six issues, focus on the Harley. Uh, the cover has her holding in the two the two babies, the two kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just on this, there's a, like an extra little bit of news that I'm just going to throw in here to go with it. Sure. Um, the, uh, the, the Harley Batman digital first, you know, uh, Harley black and white and red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The July 31st issue is actually like a, a prequel for this book in that it's Shit. doing a... Which is kind of Harley issue tied into this. It's a lot like how that first one was the. Uh, that's a little tie into Harleen. Sejic's stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is in the same vein, but instead of being a sequel to the, to a book, it's it's the the prequel. I mean, it's neat enough for what it is. Um, so I mean, it's interesting they're doing a book with a different writer, even though it's one that's you know still closely connected, uh, and they're focusing on a different character because up until now it's just been White Knight Central with a bit like a one shot we had, I think, of the free yeah. stuff, but that was very much it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and speaking of Black Label books, we got an interesting one announced. Uh, something that Snyder, Scott Snyder, has been teasing and or promising, I should say, he's been pleading and promising for us to believe him that it's coming back someday. Uh, and maybe the the wise thing here is to treat it a bit more like Hellboy and just say this is a mini series mm-hmm. rather than an ongoing again. As we have American Vampire nineteen seventy six, uh, Scott Snyder with Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, it's a nine issue book, and. Uh, it's coming back in October. Perfect for Halloween season, I suppose, so I can't really fault uh, the timing. Yeah. Yeah. Also I'm, I'm going to have to read Second Cycle before this comes out now. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, worth yeah. noting that Snyder has said this is the, the ending of American Okay, Vampire. that's this is, At least for now, what he's got planned, this is the end of the story. I, I was actually, I got to this in the solicitor and I thought, you know, you know we, we did do Hell House books, and I was like, no, do, do we cover this on the show, or do I, do I want to like, read it and cover it on the show? Yeah. And I think I do, which is weird because obviously I'm working through the original book uh, via mm-hmm. Patreon right now. Um, I, I do have like maybe an arc or two of Second Cycle to read to be caught up because I had read the, the first arc of it, I'm sure, when it came out. Uh, yeah, so... I read the first four issues and then kind of fell off because uh, it wasn't up, up. You could tell that it took the backseat yeah. to whatever Snyder else Plus was working the, on. It was kind of disappointing. The schedule but... was kind of yeah, hit and miss. Hit or miss. Yeah. But I have all the other trades. Those are the only ones I have in single. So I can I should pick up the trade yeah. when I go to the shop. Yes. Um, there's, so I many, love those books. <laughs> there's so many books ending that, you know, this. I think this is fine to say. It's, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, even before we even get to the cancellations, we've mentioned one, obviously, in this, this solicits. But, you know, obviously most of the Hill House books are done now. We've got one left that we're mm-hmm. covering. Um, and other things have been wrapping up. So... Uh, we're definitely seeing kind of a, a loosening more in that when we get to the solicits because when we get to speculation that I want to get into. Just in general, by the time I skimmed through these solicits the other day, I was mm. like, at the end, I was like, oh, wait, is that it? It felt really yeah. light. There's only, because I, I mapped out what was coming out each week just for the, the schedule. Uh, and there's only, only the week four is actually kind of a big week. The rest of them are all kind of, you know, medium at most in terms mm. of 
book count. So, as we see, that's a couple of big ones here because uh, we mentioned these last week when they were announced, which is DC The Doomed and the Damned, which is your 80-page uh, one-shot with stories by a bunch of different people, horror-focused stories. And then, of course, the other one being the Swamp Thing, Legend of the Swamp Thing, Halloween Spectacular, she won, which is a 48-page, more annual-sized, but also a, a collection of short stories. Again, great creative teams uh, on, on that one. Uh, so, I'm just skimming through those because we mentioned them a lot last week. Uh, and then Batman 3 Jokers issue 3, Jeff John, Jason Fabic, uh, with a lot of variant covers. covers. By all, all of them, you know, art and cover by Jason Fabic, variant cover by Jason Fabic, 1 to 25 variant by Fabic, 1 to 100 by variant uh, by Fabic, yeah. premium G by Fabic, premium H by Fabic, premium I by Fabic. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a, an interesting, this, this new tactic they're doing with these covers, they're sort of testing it out on 3 Jokers, which is, they've got their 1 to 25 and 1 to 100 variants. But they're doing this thing where with the the these premium variant covers where it's not just that you get one for 50 copies. If you order 50 copies, you're then allowed to order as many of this variant as you want. I think that's how it's working. So for stores mm-hmm. that sell a lot of bat books, which a lot do, then yeah. you know, they're they're this eligible for this. Uh, yeah, they- and, and Batman is one of the uh, in general, one of the biggest selling characters I, and books. So this will probably I... sell quite well for most stores. Back when, you know, it was okay to go and hang out in the comic shops, right? Um, there would be guys that would just show up just to buy Batman whenever the new thing that came out. honestly does not surprise me in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So, no, so them doing this, I see these being really successful. Yeah, um, and I believe, I don't know if it's just for like each issue or if you have to do it for all three issues, but if you get all, if a store gets all of the premium covers which would mean mm-hmm. so in this case there's three of them so this would be 150 copies at least they're, they're buying to get the mm-hmm. three of them if, if you get all the premium covers i think across all three issues so like nine total um mm-hmm. there's like a super like variant which you get for having <laughs> all of those uh, which i assume is going to cost a fortune See, for resale value that's the 150 copies sounds like a lot because obviously but yeah for most stores, with Batman specifically, I don't yeah. think that's actually v- necessarily that much more than their regular orders. No, nah, I don't think so either. I, I mean, so obviously stores vary a lot. Some stores are a bit more Marvel, you know, focused with their so, customers. Yeah. But yeah, so if you get that though, then you also get the one twenty-five. Yeah. You get X amount of those. You get the you know at least the one one hundred. Yeah. Like it's it's and, almost like I don't know if you guys had to do like fundraisers in school. But like, you sell this much, you go to this level, and then you go to this level, sure. and you get everything from up there. That's mm-hmm. how I feel they're formatting. It's uh, exactly how our Patreon works. Uh, there you go. <laughs> kind sure. of actually, yeah. Uh, um, so no, nah, I mean, it's something different. Maybe it'll work. Uh, maybe maybe this is not, more. I I hope shops don't feel the pressure to overall yeah. for the sake of covers. Yeah. I hope they oh. they manage anyway. Although what, this but... is a palpable book, my whole. Yeah, my yeah. hope is, is that this seems more fair to the shops than the 1 to 100 sort of style where you just get one mm-hmm. copy of it for 100 books. I, I agree. And and let's say if you only want, let's say, cover G, you order your 50 copies and then you order another 50 copies of cover G. Mm. Uh, does that entitle you to the 1 to 100 variant I, as well? I think so. Well, well then, go, go for it. Um, I'll see why again, I'm not a retailer. I don't. Maybe, maybe they disagree with this, but that yeah. seems reasonable to me as a. It's, especially keeping in mind that there's a regular variant as well, which is just the same. You know, you get it as much as you want. So, yes. and there's so many people who will buy both regular covers that that already covers you for X number yeah. of copies. You know, so. 
Uh, interesting yeah. to see how they're doing that. I mean, I've never been someone who's bought multiple. I mean, I've not said I've never bought a comic just for the cover because I have done that uh, on a oh, rare occasion. But... Yeah, there. it's very rare. I mean, I did, I did get a a Ribic, um Thor that I already owned mm-hmm. that I paid a premium for. You know, but it's, I, I it's usually Ribic and it's fantastic. Well, I have in the past paid more for a variant. But usually not on top of the regular cover. I don't buy both. I tend to just buy the variant at that point. Oh no, what, what, that one's framed. So like, and it's no, signed by, by Aaron. So that that's why I bought it. You know, that, that's that type. But that's super rare that I've I've ever done. Yeah. So um, cool to see. Obviously, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, it's weird because we don't have any of the issues yet. There's only three issues. So, uh, but yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it all the same. It can't be that far off though. No. Oh no! Obviously, no. yeah. I, I think the next first issue must be next month then. But um, it, it must be by the by the process of how solicits work. Yes. Uh, but we got Dark Knight's Metal issue four next. Not really much to say on this uh, itself. A phenomenal cover. Honestly, one of my favorite covers in all of these solicits. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll we're talking about issue two later, but they're 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 playing into some Doomsday Clock stuff a lot more than I would have Expected. thought. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. cool stuff uh, there. Uh, a couple of one-shots as well. Uh, more Death Metal one-shots. Again, these are 48 pages, $6. Uh, we got Death... Sorry, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Rise of the New God, issue one, which is James Tynion, the fourth and Brian Hill, which is cool. Uh, nice pair there with Jesus Marino and uh, Nick Ferrella on the art. So we have that one. Um, I'll read this, this solicitation just to upset Matt, because the first sentence is really funny. Batman... Yeah always wins <laughs> i was just gonna say technically there's a full stop after each word so that yeah. is technically three sentences true that's yeah. very true uh there's irrevocable yeah irrevocable irrevocable truth thank you uh truth resonates to the very heart of perpetua's battle to win the batman who laughs and when her ally reveals his absolute nature uh, she will upend his mantra and destroy the last planet his planet but that's not enough and the mother of all creation must wonder, if power lies in destruction, why would she ever stop? But that's the thing about truth. <laughs> when it turns to fact, this is kind of all fluff to be honest, uh, there's no dispute yeah. in the godlike reverence, and so enters the darkest night, featuring a backup story that spins out of the cliffhanger from Dark Knight's Death Metal, Multiverse's End issue 1, which is cool, because we'll read that and, too. Correct if I'm wrong, but yes. Multiverse's End was, a, was the Tynan one. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm assuming so. Tynan is actually doing the backup, and Brian right, Hill is doing the quote-unquote main story here uh so just a strange ordering on their credits maybe yeah uh, and then the other one shot there's two one shots here this month uh probably the one that's the most conflicting of whether or not we should read it because of the artist and that is dark knight's death metal robin king issue one which is written by pierre j tomasi and tony patrick fine or by riley rosmo <laughs> i'm skipping it I'm just saying because I, I was I was like oh Robin King because we knew that was like a thing that they mm-hmm. teased on Snyder's board anyway. And I was like okay. What's interesting is this solicit at least on Newsarama actually misses off some of the details of the page count and the price. I assume it's the same size as the other ones, which is five dollars forty eight pages. Yeah. The thought of a forty eight page <laughs> Riley Rosmo comic. I can't but, do it. But no, but there's a backup it. by Dan Daniel Samper. True. Yeah, there is. So, you're right. You're right. So it's not all forty eight no. pages. True. 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 No. Yeah, but just. I I got oh Robin King oh Pete Tomasi I was like okay I'm interested Riley Rosmo or not Ugh, uh, never mind yeah he can't keep getting away with that cool you're breaking bad gifts uh so <laughs> there you go um and then we have the Justice League issues which are still death metal tie-ins written by Joshua Olson amazing Starfire on the cover uh, yeah, oh buddy. the Mohawk yeah you're right yeah. Uh, that Liam Sharp Starfire I need it. 
Oh, that's right. So uh, Justice League 54 and Justice League 55, respectively. Uh, both out in October, so that's cool. Uh, then we have Deceased Dead Planet issue 4. Joe, as, as much as this is a small list of books, there's a lot of big books in it. <laughs> there's a lot of things I'm excited for, yeah. which is the most important part. So, Deceased Dead Planet issue 4, Tom Taylor, obviously, uh, still writing. Uh, four of seven, that is. So, uh, three more after He's that. He's got a Ryan in a hell of a armbar on that cover. Hey, did you learn what an armbar is from Chris Jericho? Because he knows his armbars. He does. Yeah. I, I, I had a mighty laugh when, when he yelled armbar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Last God, Songs of the Lost Children, issue one. Jeez. If there was ever a book meant for Connor, it's this one. <laughs> well, I mean, this is cover. already an ongoing series, and this is just a one-shot set between yeah. issues. Mm. Well, I mean, no, I think I it's actually set before the, the, the main book, but, you know, yeah. coming out. But before. yeah, yeah I'm Black... just looking at the cover going, how come Connor's not reading this? You think I'm not? I've, I've got all the issues sat behind me. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. back out some proper DC stuff. Uh, Strange Adventures, issue six. With is the co- most horrific Garrett's cover yet. <laughs> yeah horrific it's beautiful well, when you compare it to the um Shana to the shader cover um and realize it's the aftermath uh yeah well i mean if we take the 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 premise of that book which is Shana is the story and gerard's is the truth mm-hmm. that's horrific yeah mm, yeah uh noticeably there's a third character on the the Shana version and not on the the, the gerard's one yeah. uh so then we have Wonder Woman 764 and 765. Mariko Tamaki still writing, of course. We're looking for... I mean, we still started her run, but because of double shipping, this is like the ninth and ten issues of her run that have been floated. Uh, we've got so many of them. And uh, it's the, the next issue that that starts. It is, yeah. It's the very next issue. So we'll be reading Wonder Woman starting next issue, uh, which is 759? Five, 759, nine, I think, yeah. 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 Uh, my, my number of ten there was hyperbolic, but still, uh, my point stands. Uh... <laughs> So, and it is actually a one-shot. Again, we'll see if this is relevant in October and if they even release this, if, if the movie gets pushed. But there's a Wonder Woman 1984 issue one, one-shot, uh, with stories by Anna uh, Obropta, Louise Simonson, Steve Pugh, uh, and then art with uh, Brett Blevins and Margaret Savage. Blevins uh, is a hell of a name. Uh, <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Blevins. Uh, Blevins. Could be, yeah. Uh so uh, a couple trades, uh, graphic novels and whatnot uh, coming out. There we have Action Comics 1026. Uh, unfortunately, Ugh. still John Romita Jr. on the art. Hey, he... in 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 your maybe glimmer of hope to give to you guys, mm-hmm. the solicit does say it's the conclusion to the House of Kent saga. Oh. So maybe you're moving on to a whole new story this, with a whole new be, Yeah, we could be shifting next issue, Matt. I, personally, I hope not. I hope you're stuck with Romita till the end, but... November solicits, guys can hope. November solicits, come on, you're our only hope. Right, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Superman 26, also, of course, uh, Ivan Reese and Danny Mickey on the art. Uh, Amethyst issue 6 coming out, and then we got Aquaman 64, uh, Kelly Sue, who, I don't know if she was back on it the previous month, but she's back on it in this one at least, because there was like a two-issue fill-in yeah, uh, yes. somewhere along the way. Uh, so, yeah. And that is the penultimate issue of that run. Yeah, which isn't in the solicit itself, but uh, there was a just basically she by retweeting something on Twitter, she kind of confirmed that her run is ending with issue sixty five, which is a shame because we've really been enjoying it. But mm-hmm. I mean, when did when did her run start? It was like issue fifty, just after the fifty. It'll it'll yeah. be three or four trades by the end. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. probably three trades, I think. So it's been a decent size run, not a huge one, but not like super short either. But, so. uh, a good run, at least. Yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah, uh, I been think it must, be, it must be four trades, right? Because we'll have the, the one on the island at the start, then the one right. with Lovecraft Monster, then the one we're in now, and then this final arc coming up. So it'll be four trades by the end, I think. It depends if they just well if they, if they take out the fill in say then they might just include whatever issues are left because there's not uh, much that's possible because there's two issues that aren't going to be her still to come and then this is True. so there's not that yeah. many of her issues left really in the grand scheme of things. Uh, then we have Batman Beyond issue forty eight still Dan Jurgens uh, the, that's the little book that could and and yeah. this is the start of an arc as well so it's getting <laughs> at least a couple more yeah so you you're talking about those cancellations and this isn't one of them so if you guys had Batman Beyond. Hey, um, you're, and it has right. a great manifold variant with Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah, we got Batman's Wave issue eleven. Uh, I mean, they're letting that finish out despite the accusations against Warren Ellis, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. going. Uh, then we have Batman Superman thirteen. Uh, still Williamson writing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so cool, cool. Uh, Batman the Outsiders issue seventeen, which is the second of our our cancellation series, yeah. is the final issue. Although, uh, you know, Hell on Twitter did say that this was supposed to end at issue twelve, and he got five extra issues, which is I guess kind of nice. I guess we're we're always yeah. hoping for you know another big long juicy run that we can get an omnibus yeah. of someday. <laughs> um, I I recommend you all follow Hill on Twitter anyway because he's great on Twitter. Oh yeah, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, follow him on Twitter, but. If not, he he spoke about a week or two ago how he's still technically in season one as he was thinking about it, and mm -hmm. season two would have been focusing on the Duke stuff they were setting up. Mm. Um, so fans of Duke, if you're out there, sorry. Um, but he seemed really understanding with this. He wasn't bitter at all. At least he no. didn't come across that way publicly. Well, no, because um, he, he started. Much, you know, this is how it works in theater. You know, work for higher stuff. Yeah, and, and technically his. This all started with his Detective Comics run that led to yeah. Batman the Outsiders. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe maybe down the road he'll be able to do that Duke stuff in a miniseries. Yeah, he did say you that know? like he's not necessarily built for doing a monthly comic forever because he does write on TV and film. He does a lot mm -hmm. of other type of writing. Uh, so he was never going to have like three books a month like some of the bigger comic book writers do. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he comes and, and, back, though, and does some sort of sequel or something. And like I said, originally it was only going to be 12 issues, but demand called for more. And so, you know, 17 issues compared to 12 is undeniably better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Batman Adventures continues issue 5. Uh, obviously, that's been going. It's the same with DC Classics Batman Adventures. Uh, we got some of the Sandman Universe stuff. Uh, the Dreaming Waking Hours issue 3. I think that's the only Sandman Universe left because Lucifer's going to be a trade now. Sure. Uh, First Sector issue 8, which is now bi-monthly, which uh, I keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> that changed. That's going to be a uh, rough, right? Yeah. Uh, we got The Flash 763 and 764, which is interesting because, of course, these are the first issues post Williamson's run. And the fact that there was no announcement of this new writer and the fact that I don't, I've never heard of this person does make me convinced yeah. it's a, a fill-in run or arc or or whatever. Like it... uh, yeah. If I mean, if him being lesser known isn't necessarily the most damning part, but the fact that there was no announcement... It's just the solicits. Yeah. It's just buried in the solicits, so it, it definitely doesn't Like, they're not good. making a big deal to follow up, you know, a very lengthy run by I one mean, writer. Yeah. I, I think I they'd want to generate... His, I can give you his entire comics history very, very briefly. Yeah. For DC, he wrote a story in in a in an annual for the Batman 80-page giant and Joker's Asylum to Clayface. And then mm -hmm. for Marvel, he's written some Avenging Spider-Man, Superior Carnage, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, 
and Axis Hobgoblin, and that's it. Which tells me this probably isn't the ongoing write-up of Flash. Nah. Um, more on speculation than that in a bit, once we get to the end of these solicits. Uh, Green Lantern Season 2, Issue 8 is coming out. Uh, then you've got your Hawkman that you guys love, uh, Issue 28. On that, in the solicit, I don't know if Matt's read it or not, but it mentions yep. the end of the reincarnation cycle, and that has me yep. so excited. Is okay, we're taking Hawkman to a new place. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... And Seth's name getting dropped there for the first yeah. time in this run. So... Yeah, and then there is a second Sandman Universe book, uh, Constantine Hellblazer, issue 11. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That had a whole thing about horses in the past issue, which was delightful. That was a weird statement. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, Justice League Dark 27. Uh, still, you know, trucking hey, along. Who does art on that? Uh, <laughs> Aman K and you helping. <laughs> oh, you got it. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, Admittedly, the only thing going against you for making me do that is that I've had to read that name before. So I've at least, even if I'm completely wrong, I've got go. a thing that I go to now. So I, I, just, I, I scrolled down to it and went, <laughs> gotta make Pete say it. Yeah. And then uh, the next book is Justice League Odyssey issue 25, which is the other one that's finally been cancelled. To be honest, this getting to 25 issues blows my mind. I thought this was going to be done at like 12. So <laughs> we, We've been saying ever since like issue 12, like, still not the final issue. I know. But you know what? You know what this means? Um... With 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 this ending, it's looking like Starfire's coming back through through well, metal. Starfire's in the the Justice League book for metal, so yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So what we might start getting these characters back elsewhere. Uh, in, yeah, whatever goes forward. I want so more Jess. you know, Jessica Cruz, Starfire, Cyborg, who I've grown more fond of watching Doom Patrol, sure. which is weird. Um, it's great. It's weird how that how however many episodes I've watched has made me care about that character more than most comics of his i read so yeah uh, yeah yeah justice league 2020 all right uh yeah. <laughs> I, I made sure to do a joke from season one that matt would get because uh, <laughs> yeah didn't, didn't want to spoil anything uh as yeah. much as i really want to talk about a team up 70s thing uh, uh i yeah are you talking about on i, I can guess from twitter um well, I'm more considerate than Twitter, all right? Yes. <laughs> to be fair, it's right? all over the place. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's two last names, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't spoil anything. Okay. Yeah, no. no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so just before I get to the speculation, because this is the obviously the, the third cancelled book, uh, just mention just all, because there are a couple of books left. Uh, Legion of Superheroes issue 10, still Bendis, as you do. Uh, they've got Mad Magazine in here for some reason at this part of the solicits. Uh, Metal Man issue 11, that's almost done. One issue left after that. Red to Outlaw issue 50, the big yes. finale of Scott LaBelle. Yeah. On that, what's annoyingly interesting uh-huh. is, one, okay, it's an oversized book for issue 50, that's not a surprise, but it's not final issue. Which yeah. means, but we know it's Scott LaBelle's this last issue, so there's this, presumably a new team coming yeah. on. Meaning that David could and just it, keep making you read Red to regardless of who's writing hey, it. But Tom Taylor could join at 51, and I'll be happy about it's that. It's not happening. Get, get out of your head. No, no, no. That, that said, it is saying it's calling the end of the Outlaw era, so if it relaunched as something else, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, who knows? Surprised, yeah, it, it could be like just uh, Tales of the Red Hood issue 51 or something like that. I mean, because it yeah. it's not the first time they've renamed it. And kept I mean, the they're doing it in the middle of this run, so. Yeah. Uh, and then, for some reason, Scooby-Doo is before Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. Suicide Squad this 10. This feels alphabetical. Yeah, it's kind of alphabetical yeah. now, uh, bizarrely. Uh, Teen Titans 46 uh, coming out. Obviously, we're excited about Suicide Squad. I don't want you to gloss over that. It's just it's the next issue. There's no. nothing to say, really. Uh, yeah, I know. 
Uh, and then Young Justice issue 19, uh, which wraps up the last of the regular issues. So, as far as speculation goes, I just I do think it's notable that we've got three books ending in October. The Flash is clearly in a holding pattern. It does kind of feel that there's going to be some kind of soft relaunch of sorts following I Metal. Talk about this more at the end of the Metal issue. That's fair. Yeah, we can we can table this and come back at the end of that book, but. Um, I just want to say that even just in the solicits itself and just looking at the, the books that are because it is getting a shorter list like November unless they the the launching like you know some books to replace things is going to be a significantly shorter list so I feel like January February when you know we get to that post metal you know part of the calendar we're, yeah we're going I think to metal some stuff. scheduled to end in January right will be the last mm. issue yeah so, so I I could see there being a couple of books in January to like maybe the week after. Metal Could be late January yeah. and then into February. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. I could see that. Uh, as far as trades and stuff, uh, they're doing a, an omnibus of uh, Tiny's detective run called The Rise and Fall of the Batman, but the entire run, which is pretty nifty. If yep. I still bought omnibuses, I would totally be in for that. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, cool. that's kind of really the only notable thing that really stuck out to me in the trade section. What are, yeah. what are you talking about? They got Flash Year One. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, such a kidder. Can go. Also, um, I don't know if this is because DC switched their their shipping and who they're working with, but they're gonna have a three Jokers hardcover the next month. Uh, as soon as that finished, so that's that's on sale November tenth. I think they're ex- so for them. Yeah, they're expecting that to quick. they're expecting that to sell. Yeah, and sell for a so, long time. I suspect. I mean, if we're gonna get quicker trade turnarounds, that's always one thing that I appreciate about Marvel mm. and their system is is they would get the trades out there really really quick. Um, yeah. So if they're gonna start doing that, that's that's pretty cool. Um, there's also a Dead Man omnibus coming out, um, which yeah. seems like they're collecting uh, all those you, older. And if stuff. you want the really mediocre New Fifty Two Nightwing run, that's got an omnibus. So that's off it. Nope. <laughs> No. <laughs> you don't want to? I agree, Matt. I don't want to either. No, no, no. It's <laughs> mediocre. What's yes. annoying is there is a really good section of that run, but not all of it is really good. So I can't recommend an omnibus of the entire thing necessarily. Yeah. Mm. Not the entire thing. But I, I will stand up for the Higgins stuff and then the Grayson stuff. Yeah, me too. So those, those are the two parts I really, really enjoy. There's already been a Grayson omnibus. That's already, yeah. already a thing. Uh, so cool. Um, so that's basically the last thing. If anyone wants to add anything, is there any other news corner that you may have uh, stumbled into that you want to mention? Um, not really. No. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really find anything else either. That was, you know, that wasn't also kind of in the news or in the solicits. Yeah. All right, cool. There you go. That is October solicitations. So the main event of the week, comic book wise at DC, of course, is Dark Knight's Death Metal issue two. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And obviously, this is kind of building the plan of uh, trying to essentially go into the other worlds to get the crisis energy or whatever from all these past crises. So we're we're getting kind of that Back to the Future two esque. The Justice League are going to go into you know Crisis Infinite Earths and and Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis potentially. That's what it mm-hmm. sounds like anyway. And steal the energy so they can power up Wally Appreciate- West enough to take on Perpetua is basically the the idea. So he he has Manhattan's power plus the chair, right? That's that's the the crux of this. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah it seems okay. to be the case. Yeah. Uh, so to go 
through this, although I'm on the wrong book, why am I on Strange Adventures? That was that's that's next. God damn it. Alright, so cool. Well, you know, sometimes things don't go to plan. You know this. Uh so there's a bit of a joke opening here where an uh, an atom who's working for the the, the evil about Batman, him. the bat the Batam, yes. I was about to say that. Yes, he, he's uh disguised as a lizard, <laughs> in the in the grass, and he's he's talking on the comms, and then he just goes splat, and there's like a a bat monster truck has rolled over him. Uh, it it was it was an amusing little thing, um. Yeah. Did you love her? Did you love her hate the map on the on the credits page, Matt? That makes the shape of the bat symbol. <laughs> no, I like that. That was in the first issue too. I like that. Of course, if if the Batman who laughs did reshape Earth, of course it's going to be in the shape of in, the bat symbol in, in his image. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. Yes. That checks out. So, uh, I have interest, Matt. Obviously, we spoke about the credits last time yeah. Yeah, with the, the nicknames. Yep. Obviously, last time they were all songs, and I recognized uh, mm-hmm. a handful of them. Uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name, of course, was a prominent one. I think Snyder right. himself had that, uh, which is the, the Maiden song. Do you recognize what these ones are? I, no. I mean, I'm assuming these... they may be songs again, but I don't recognize them. Could be albums. Yeah, well, they Could also be. just seem like metal things. Like, you know what I mean? Like God Killer, Fear Monger, The Tormentor. Do, but I know the last one were all songs. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's like say Hallowed Be Thy Name, Painkillers, I think Judas Priest, I want to say. Uh, Seek and Destroy is a Metallica song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, uh, Crazy Train, Ozzy Osbourne, of course. Right. Uh, they, you know, they were all in the first one. Whereas this one, I don't recognize as much. So I'm wondering, are they getting yeah. more obscure as they go on, or is it just not songs this time? Yeah, I think that this one feels like they just gave them or let them pick one. Because look at Snyder's; it's just a bunch <laughs> of wingdings, you know. Yeah. And Greg, the chosen one, Capullo. Well, yeah. I I took Snyder's as ninety six, then swear word. Not that the ninety six was part of the swear word. Yeah, so I mean, sure. either way, ninety six yeah. to be honest, it could be part of it or not. Because because yeah. I, um, I saw I saw I read it as uh like there's put like a song called ninety six F's or something like that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I just want to also point out that uh, Art Germ has has both. So instead of mm. you know him being Stanley Art Germ Lau, it's Stanley Art Germ of Lamented mm. Lau, which. I just I love the double nickname like that. But, yeah. Uh, so um, we we have our team from last issue, which is Wonder Woman, Wally, Swamp Thing, uh, going towards. Uh, well, we didn't, well, we didn't know where they were going last issue, of course, but no. they're going to this this crypt this crypt of heroes that's secret and hidden underneath the uh, the Washington graveyard, and yep. they they go in uh, and there's defenses, and obviously we see these green wolves, and we're like, oh wait, which lantern is it? There's a lantern down here. Um, yeah, no, that that's Cerebus, who. Three-headed dog guards the guards gates the underworld. to yeah. the underworld. Yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, go. I'll be honest, it never even occurred to me they were connected. I, I just, I just yeah, thought I saw three wolves. Matt, You're not the mythology guy. Yeah. yeah. I just, I thought I saw three wolves. Uh, I, I, I literally started reading the, the Odyssey yesterday. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really into the thick of it there. You, you read sure. the old, like, the Homeric prose of it? It's a translation by Emily okay. Wilson. Gotcha. Um, but I'm, I, honestly, there was like a, a huge, massive introduction and translator's notes before that I read that were really interesting. Well, you, should, you should stop right now, though, because Tim's going to translate it all, and you, you want to read his translation. <laughs> it's true. I tweeted about this, and Tim was like, why aren't I reading his version? I went, well, mate, you translate the ancient Greek, I'll read it, I swear. <laughs> Tim, Tim's learning Greek as we speak. Uh, 
So, <laughs> oh no! Uh, so, <laughs> so, of course, it's actually uh, Alan Scott. It's, uh, it's the GSA yep. that are down here. Uh, we see like a really old-looking uh, Jay and Wildcat. Uh, obviously, Fate's there. I can't tell if Fate's old though, because <laughs> he's I got mean, the helmet. I'm sure he is. Yeah, um, but you know, I I did love uh, Wally saying, "You remember me, Jay?" He's like, "I'll never forget again, kid." And you know, it looks like there's a tear in Wally's cheek. It, it's kind of it's from the side, so it's not as obvious, but I think there is. Uh, it breaks my heart. It really does, or it warms my heart. It warms it and breaks it over and over. Uh, Batman's with Jonah Hex, and he's basically said, "Okay, what does this power? What does this person's power have?" And they're t- it's basically they're talking about the Freedom Fighters for the most part. Um, yeah, they're the Freedom Fighters and some of the JSA. Yeah, Wesley Dodds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, and he's basically yeah. like, okay, recruit everyone. Yeah, we'll take them all. We have to get everyone. And Batman's still operating under this idea that he wants to just win the small fight because he can't. He doesn't believe they can win some gargantuan multiverse fight that can reshape everything and bring everything back. But and Wonder Woman fails. And he doesn't believe. <laughs> all right, Matt. All right. <laughs> From the book of Yoda. He's uh, this anti-Matt agenda, which is somehow also a Star Wars reference. Uh, everything I hate about. The world yeah. uh so wonder woman basically convinced him said no we've got this idea uh basically everything that's happened we've resulted in this world that we've cre- that this has been created by the batman who laughs and she explains the plan to batman so it, it, again so even though it was kind of hinted that last issue it made it very clear here that they're going to go into these you know these dark multiverses of these previous crisis and basically try and super- harvest the energy yeah power yeah. up wally so that he can take on perpetua so so it's not about fixing it back to the future style or back to the future two style, I should say. It's no. just them going in and in interceding just yeah. enough. The, to yeah, they're going to let the crises happen. Play style, out. Yeah, they're, they're not, not right. like trying to prevent. Yeah, they're not changing right. the timelines. They're they're just there to harness the the energy of the crisis themselves. Uh, you know, and, how... and theoretically, I can only assume by the end of this, start their own crisis in some yeah. way. Well, no. To, the anti-crisis. The anti-crisis. The world. Well, the the anti- anti- yeah, sure. Yes. But to reset the world in the image they believe it should be in. Yes. An infinite uh, multiverse, as they, they, I think, has mentioned multiple times here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and even Barry shows up, you know. Uh, he's been running around. Mm-hmm. The, the speed force has been depleting, though, so he's, he's you know, the energy's yeah. running, running out. Uh, and he's like, I hope this was worth stopping for. And then they explain the plan. He's like, you know what? Yeah, that does kind of sound like it was mm-hmm. worth uh the, and, and, and he has a, a moment with the others and it's a triple flash hug yeah yeah it's good stuff uh, uh the plan although before they get to the multiverse stuff uh, or the, the crisis stuff is they have to go and get whoever's left uh from new apocalypse they have to go get superman and whoever else is there i, I love how batman just says the next step is and then when he doesn't even mention anything else to barry just like and then when <laughs> that's that's so batman just, just eyes on the goal i love it uh but we cut then to castle bat and I mean, I'm a little bit annoyed that there's still technically Batman who laughs because I really was hoping that he was truly dead. I mean, to be honest, only temporarily. <clears throat> well, he's still kind of a version of the Batman who laughs. I mean, at, at I, first, but I when, once like... he once he shifts, I would say not really. It's still him. It still comes from him. I don't. I don't like this. <laughs> but this... Let, me, let me explain what happens then for the context. Yeah. Then Matt can go Matt all Matt on it. Is yeah. they put. They put Batman Who Laughs brain into a Bruce Wayne from an Earth where Bruce Wayne became Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming this is in the same sense that that Wally West kind of became Manhattan. Yeah, very way. possibly. Yeah, like it was more like that rather than yeah, straight. He was he there. Was John Ostrander. Yeah, he was the original Manhattan. Yes. Uh, 
and he gets up and he's gonna have like a d- demented looking dr manhattan he then uses the manhattan powers to just uh the the, the bat rex the b-rex and he just kind of like makes them disintegrate with his powers manhattan mm-hmm. style uh, and then does it to everyone else eventually in the scene and then he forms into a batman who laughs but blue like manhattan and he has the, the manhattan style text uh well he has a manhattan style of bubbles but the font is very much batman who laughs still right uh, i actually the... really like that touch it's a lot more readable on the blue background but that, that's actually True. why i like it is it's easier to read i hated the red on the black it was just a painty read yeah so i'm okay with that um and yeah, basically, yeah, everything's fine, you're Perpetua, because like, he basically, Perpetua kind of checks in and makes sure everything's going okay, he's like, yeah! I got this! Yeah, uh, I technically did get die, but you know, now I'm, now I'm like back and I'm, you know, all this. So he basically takes a new final form, he transforms, after killing the rest of the, the Batman in the room, he mm-hmm. makes them all disintegrate. I, I love the visual of this, actually, the, the, the floating eye and just the parts. It, re- it reminds me of uh, something you get in like a Doom Patrol comic. Uh, I was going to say, it feels like Morrison. Yeah, which, yeah. You know, I think is a reasonable point of comparison there. But he becomes the darkest knight because he's aware that you know Diana and that are making some kind of play. So he has to sort of counterplay in order to fight back. Well, the length of the years. <laughs> so he becomes this just this complete pitch black shadow uh, with the long bat ears, and he's the darkest knight. So. Yeah. but yeah, That's what we needed. We needed a Batman who became Joker, and now we need a Batman Joker that's omnipotent. Great, <laughs> and and that's why I say this isn't really just the Batman who laughs. The way this final transformation is makes it feel different, at least to me. That's I not mean, him. You guys have filtered. It's it's him in in a way, but it's different. It's not no, just. No, it's him on steroids now. Yeah, it's him with a, a new image. That's it. Yeah, that's enough to make it different. I mean, he's scarier than he's ever been, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, not even, I'm not even saying I dislike that where this goes. I, I rolled my eyes a little bit when I realized that there was going to be so. Because see, when he first popped back up and he, he reformed into the shape of uh, I, Batman, I, I rolled my eyes too. Yeah, right. I wasn't really feeling okay. that so much, but when it got to the you know the ending here, I was like, okay, you know what? Clearly, this is the end game of this character. We're not. There's going to be a round after, so you better not be. Snyder, DC, and, I'm telling you and, right now. This is the version that's on that cover in the solicits that we just talked yeah. about. That yeah. I thought it was a phenomenal cover. So, uh, but I do like the art here. I like the, the horror approach of it. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's ghastly. And he like, makes... Wisp, the wisps of the shadow coming off it. Uh, really uh, make... And he makes uh, the Robin that's left here, the, the Robin King, which obviously ties into that one shot with the, the, the Riley Rosmo art that we're going to be getting uh, in a few months. So, that's there. I like I like how the, he goes crow. Hmm? Yeah. So it goes from crow to crown. Yeah, that was a nice touch. I feel like that's one that works in the comic, but it would be really hard to do if they've never like, adapted yeah, this into a movie or something. Like how yeah. can you say that out loud and it, make it, it work? Only works when you read it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so then we cut back to the others. Uh they're going across the Arkham Wasteland, which I'm okay with that title. Uh I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh and what is, what is that bike Batman's riding with the, the, the bone? What is that skeleton? It, it, it's it's the bat skeletal bike. That's what we've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what exactly? It looks like it's man bat's head. That's kinda, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's kinda. Uh, I like how Diana's using Swamp Thing as a shield. I yeah, that's a nice touch. And, and they're riding Harley's hyenas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then we find all the uh, the evil Batman from from you know the first metal, uh, but it's not yeah. really them. They're actually just kind of like Batman's like like automated guards for this this mm-hmm. base that he's got. Yeah, um, the robots built by Toymaster. By Toymaster, who of course built oh, the, the the Justice League Megazord uh, from yes. the start of Metal, which it reminded us of in the text, which was nice. Uh, 
Um, and the end of the issue is that they're going to get to New Apocalypse. Obviously, they have to get there, right? How do they get there? So the team... So again, this team... Now, the GSA aren't with them. They're still back guarding everything. They're probably protecting Wally, uh, essentially, back at the, the, mm-hmm. the secret crypt. Uh, but we have you know, the elves here. And how are they going to get to New Apocalypse? They're going to ride a giant rocket, which is a basically a human-shaped rocket, which is a combination of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and it is the weirdest goddamn thing. It, this is it's the Trinity composite, design, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. both say that again because you talked over each other. I can uh, make out. Uh, you go first. <laughs> I just said this is such an incredibly toy master design. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we have the the Batman Superman composite rocket. Yes. Right. That was from Jeff Loeb's uh, run. Do you know what I think doesn't work about this? Is that the red lips just make it look more Joker-esque than it does Wonder Woman-esque to me. Sure. I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah. That's, that's what, I mean, obviously, the, the headband part and the W on the, the, mm-hmm. the belt and what. I'm obviously, it, that's all fine. It's enough to kind of yeah. present yeah. Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah. But, but it, I do like how the, it is the Trinity composite yeah. now. Yeah, and, so. and also, I just like the idea we have Toy Man on retainer to build these giant bikes now. Yeah. yeah, that, I, I, That's just cool. I am terrified of how much this thing costs to build. Like, you know, how much money did Bruce give him to, to do this? I, you can't think exact, about that. Exactly the correct amount. <laughs> yeah. Toy Man definitely didn't skim a single cent off the top. This is at least $40 million. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Look at it. It's, uh, it's gargantuan. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, so I like how it doesn't have hands. Well, no. there's rockets. It's more rockets coming yeah, from the hands. But that, that was my favorite touch. Is that there's no hands. It's just it's just rocket fast. Yeah. Obviously, the, there's less introduced in this issue to really like sort of like get wacky with the speculation, like the first one, because the first yeah. one introduced Wally, introduced the whole concept. Uh, this just sort of really sets up what the plan is, convinces, puts the main team together at least for now. Obviously, wants to get Superman and whoever else that will have a bigger team, but. It really puts things in perspective and place, sets up sort of what uh, the Batman Who Laughs is becoming. I thought it flowed really well and uh, it was an easy read, actually. So, which I don't always really? say about a Snyder comic, so I think that's notable. Yeah. I think there was only really one page of exposition, like, you know, Snyder exposition. Yeah. I would say it was the page near the start with uh, when we're in the underground with Batman and he's talking to mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, and there was the page with like Manhattan on it and the Trinity at the bottom. And even by Snyder's standards, the exposition was... And I felt that some of that was a nice summary of where we are right now because, it, you know, we're in such a complex, like, status quo in this book. You do need mm-hmm. to do these things a yeah. little bit, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't overly done, or, you know, just no. that was the most it got. Um, I, honestly, I thought this was a really fun issue, uh, you know, with what it was doing. My biggest complaint, well, I say complaint, is I, I felt the lack of following up on the Lobo tease from last issue. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I'll be honest, I've forgotten about it until you just said it, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for it all issue. I was like, we've got to follow on that. What, what did he find? And then I'm right. like, god damn it, another another well, issue without knowing? I've got to wait uh-huh. until next time? And also, he was a variant cover, you know, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, you were kind of like, oh, maybe there'll be more, but, you know, I just, there wasn't a lot going on, and it, it's hard to slight it for moving the story. You know what I, I mean? So it was just, it was a weird read because when i got to the end of it i expected more just because where it leaves off no i get where you come from there's barely anything to actually fault in what it does wrong 
Right. It's just that it's so quick and it feels like it doesn't mm-hmm. advance the plot that oh, much oh, that oh. you're like, where's the rest of it? Especially after the last issue, which was really dense. Right. But I actually right. appreciate this because one of my complaints with Snyder is that everything has to be 100 miles per hour every, you know, every page. And I feel like, no, I, I need it to still... This, this makes me settle into the premise a lot better where I feel like I really understand everything, what their goal is, what they're doing, uh, I think, I think character beats. Pacing whiplash more than anything. After after the last issue, which was yeah. so dense, had so much. I think it had extra pages. Or I could be mm. wrong on that. Um, and you know, it felt like I, think, I remember saying last time there was a point where I thought it was going to be the end of the issue, and then it kept going with another section. Whereas this issue just ends where where I expected it to. Really, you know, by the yeah. time I got to the end, I didn't feel like there was more to come. Um, but it feels really quick because of that. Um, but it's really fun. I really like everything that's in it. It's a it's a blast to read. Yeah, yeah. I can't again. I can't fault it. There's nothing actually wrong. It just it feels like in a vacuum. It's it's damn good. But after following up, this just feels like we're hitting the JSA beats, right? And we're hitting the mission beats. Um, but yeah, yeah Matt, I, Matt actually sounds the most down in this, which is surprising it, to me. But it was good. It's you know what I mean. Yeah. I just, uh, the the darkest night left a bad taste in my mouth. Sure. <laughs> That's it. Like you know, sure. I got there, massive eye roll. But like the whole Batam thing being introduced in the so lizard suit, just to have him ran over, like that was almost something out of a Tom Taylor. Yeah. Um, it was comic, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. So like, hey, maybe Snyder's reading some Taylor books and getting some inspiration. That's maybe can only help but, him. Like, I I love that <laughs> opening because it's like, hey, there's a lizard and it's standing up, and then it unzips, and I was like, oh, hey, it's the atom, and then I realized it's the Batam. Yeah. I was like, so, and then you know, and then he's gone. I was like, God damn it! What a page! What, so all of that in just, the space of a page. And it just kind of drops you into the beginning. You know what I mean? Like uh, from from how we left off with the last one to yeah. here, you're, you're just moving automatically. And it's like Connor said, it is a bit of a whiplash. What? So, so if we get to some speculation here, because I think what we really have to sum up here is that so we've got multiple books ending in October. We've already ended a couple before October. We have a you know a holding pattern on the Flash, and in this book, while we were speculating beforehand between the first issue, Brian and Wally, and in this issue, Fly was saying that we're going to build a multiverse that's infinite. Uh, you know, that's the what the goal is of this story. That we're definitely doing some kind of soft relaunch or reboot. Uh, and not that I, ex- I mean, for the most part, all I really expect is to set up a proper status quo that's not wonky, and maybe get some new creative teams on stuff, but. Yeah, there I mean, might be a couple of little tweaks in yeah. the universe here or there. Yeah, you know, that's usually what we do with these. And it's worth I don't men- expect to be exactly what we had before. And it's worth mentioning the the, the the Wonder Woman and Jay interaction here definitely feels like this is the Wonder Woman who appeared and worked with the JSA in our origin. In, they have in that history. Snyder story. Yeah, and that Snyder yeah. story. Yeah. So yeah. as much as Generations isn't happening anymore, that is still feeding into something. So honestly, Snyder's still my yeah. not my maybe my favorite pick, but he's my number one expected pick for GSA at this point. Yeah. So I, you know what though, if if they well, because and Tynan doing that story in Green Lantern too, and mm-hmm. they're so close. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure that story. If if Snyder is doing GSA, I could see them talking about it and be like, "Hey, do oh, you think you could pull this off?" Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and um, honestly, I, my, my... I know Snyder's not everyone's favorite. Uh, no. Even even amongst just the three of us, but, but, but he's earned this shot at the 
the crisis, so to speak, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, like, I, like, I've liked everything he's done with the GSA so far, which has not been a lot. It's been one short story and then an interaction here, but yeah. I'm actually, like, I, I'm expecting February to have a GSA issue won by Scott Snyder, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm excited by the prospect of him if, doing a GSA book. If he's doing a GSA that's rooted back in the past, and it, it is spinning out of that Wonder Woman story, and she is the first hero and whatnot, my favorite American vampire story of his is set during World War II. And it does like it gets dark because it's vampire and monster and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not the typical Snyder darkness. It, I think it, it can yeah, be he can do, a nice change of pace. He can do pulp. And I think the other thing is that being a GSA book instead of a Justice League book, my hope would be, and I expect him to, is to stay away from apocalyptic multiverse shenanigans it, it, for a while. It takes some of the pressure off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in terms of just the continuity of it, uh, as much as we're not doing generations anymore, Wonder Woman is pretty long-lived, and it's perfectly plausible that I, we can still we can still play. Oh, she was around in the forties or fifties, whenever we're yeah. saying this book. Yeah, that'll be GSA that'll with. be one of the, the the changes that this the end of metal all solidify. It's like and, and I'm and and it's and perfectly as, plausible we can do that without resetting everything and you know and and making the whole generations thing a a thing. But it does yeah, make like, me wonder what other like you know, if they've got a list of say just a half dozen things they want to fix or correct for this. Like what what are the other things they're going to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like another Superman fan, his whole thing is he was the first superhero. I'm okay with losing that to Wonder Woman. You know, and the JSA like why, they were out there for one or two. Why I really don't mind it though is because Doomsday clocks up as the metaverse in that. Yeah. Even if Superman's not the first hero in the story, it, it right. doesn't really matter. Because no, no, but, he always is, regardless. There's a right, feedback. It, right, you're right, right. But I'm talking in, in continuity of the DCU, right? Where where when John's relaunched uh, with New 52, and they had, he had tried to make it all wonky with Batman was operating in, in Gotham, but he was kind of more of an urban legend. Yeah. You know, and Wonder Woman was around, but not really. But Superman was like the first public hero, but also Green Lantern was in... in it was all kind of... He was trying to have his cake and eat it, too. But if this streamlines it, like we had the JSA, and then the JSA kind of gives precedent to yeah, Batman I mean, and Superman down the line. We've had it in the past where the JSA Perfect. came first. Yeah, right. Superman, and I think we're and all like kind of that. okay with that, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I, like- I mean, I mean, that's post-crisis, right? And we all love that era, so it's not mm-hmm. like we're alien to that idea of them existing yeah. first. And yeah, and I just I also love the idea of of what I John's mean, in and Tuesday I- Clock. With with the Justice League leads to Superman, then the well, Superman leads to. I would argue in to, current continuity, we have the JSA first. Just people yeah. don't remember it because of what happened in Snyder's. Sure, sure. I, just, I, I, I want to correct something I just said. I said that was post crisis. Technically, that's not true, uh, because post crisis. Right. Uh, Superman was built as the first hero. It, it was later on the JSA got weaved back into it. it I don't know, fixed it. Yes. I don't know if that, I don't know if that was Zero Hour or something else. But the point is, is that it was. But the, yeah, because in Zero Hour, the, it was I think it was Zero Hour. They, they revealed like they had made a deal to make everybody forget them because yeah. of the McCarthy era type stuff. Technically, part of the post-crisis era, just not in a immediate. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to correct before someone. Right. And this yeah. is why people hate continuity, and I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, as a uh, history nerd and someone that loves mythology, I can keep it all straight. Like, yeah, we're gonna have to talk it out for five minutes, but we, we can all come oh, to consensus. Oh, I get you know it. I mean? well, I'm, I'm reading this week's Aquaman, and there's like completely like different mythologies mashed together, like from 
you know, like some Greek mythology, and then mm-hmm. you've got like Lovecraft mythology thrown in mm-hmm. all in the same issue. I'm like, I'm, I'm in for it. I'm, I'm, I'm dissecting it as I read and yeah. see Dagon and Nereus at the same time. Don't be wrong. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I'm in for it. All right. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, so I expect a, a launch of new books to follow uh, Death Metal issue 2 and some continuity things to be moulded as what some of the new creative directions are going to take advantage of, uh, whatever they may be. And, you know, I would hope that this will lead to a new Batgirl book, which might be a different Batgirl. And the fact that we're yeah. even teasing Cass in the Batgirl suit is kind of cool. cool. And I'm okay yeah. if it's entirely new Batgirl, but we don't know yet. Like, if they just throw in a whole new one. But I wouldn't necessarily hate that. I'm also okay with multiple Batgirls because we've had multiple Robins. Oh, sure. Why not? Like, well, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always on board. But, I mean, hell, who, for all we know, like, we could get to post-Death Metal, uh, you know, issue 7, and or 6, whatever it is. Uh, I think it's 7. Uh, and it'll turn out to be like, oh, wait, Barbara Gordon's Oracle again. Like, you know, we're, you know maybe that's, that could be something they want to change. As much as I, I love Babs as Batgirl, I do miss her as Oracle. And she doesn't even have to be in the wheelchair. I just, I miss her being, like, a leader type. That's, do as well. She doesn't have to be in the field, you know. No, she I mean, be... uh, we don't have to like speculate. It was just as just an example. It's just something they no. might want to change back. Well, I, know. I think that's a key example where we're all pretty much used to Babs as Oracle, and it won't feel like a step back because no. it gives us still Babs stories and someone else at the same time. In well, Babs, it, it, you know, it won't feel someone you know we have to replace her. it won't feel like a step back because when they did they, retcon the the or i mean retcon maybe a weird word but when the new 52 came and they did sort of like fixed her it's right you know to use a, a, a really mm-hmm. sort of it's a strange terminology yeah and it's, 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 kind, it's, kind, it's kind of an insensitive term is the sense i was looking for right because she wasn't she wasn't broken is what pete's getting at in that though she wasn't back girl so I don't think he meant fixed as in yeah, yeah. paralyzed. But to, he meant fixed as returned her to yes. her original. But the point so I'm making. But my point I'm yeah. making is that when they did that, that didn't feel like it was the the natural order of things. That felt like much like in the way that we're kind of like with Johns was trying to shoehorn Barry back into being the Flash when everyone was like right. on board with Wally for so long. It felt like that was stepping backwards bizarrely, even though. Admittedly, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon never really quite got a big Batgirl run of her, of her own because no. her appearances before Killing Joke were all, they were all guest appearances in Detective Comics or Batman or whatever. She never got the limelight the way that Cass and, and then Steph did. Didn't, didn't there, there Cass been... have the first Batgirl book? Yeah. 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 And, so and I, I would say the majority of the past you know, 10-ish years of Batgirl have been solid. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad they exist for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I haven't loved all of it, don't get me wrong, but it's mostly been good and readable. Yeah, there's been dips, like, but... When it comes to DC, I love the idea of legacy, so I love the idea that you can pass on and become a new character in that, you know, Robin became Nightwing, and it still doesn't mean that he wasn't Robin, or, you know, yeah, he's any we, less... We like that he's moving a new... forward. Yeah. Scared. And same with Oracle, I like that she went from oh no, I got paralyzed, what am I going to do? I'm not going to stop being who I am. I'll become a broker of information for the superheroes. And she became her whole, a whole new you know, character, and you had Birds of Prey, and that's where she really got to shine. And she showed up in issues of Nightwing too, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I just like the idea of legacy, and if we can move on and 
and have new characters. It's what I loved about DC. I, I'm sure we've start. spoken about this in one of our quote unquote anniversary episodes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is legacy is kind of all of our favorite thing about DC, yeah. right? Which is it, funny it, because it's over Marvel specifically, <laughs> yeah. if we have to pick. Yeah. Which is funny because it was the, the one thing Dan Didio seemed to hate <laughs> about right. DC. Right, and that's <laughs> well, and then you look at a lot of the stuff that this seems to be undoing. It's a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of you know, Joker War is now fixing Dick Grayson for, for all of his problems. Yeah. And we're getting Wally West back here. And, you know, I mean, death metal is, I mean, it's, it's got Wally West here. I mean, a different Wally West to what right. we are used to, but it's, it is Wally West. We're bringing right. back the JSA in again, in a different form, but it feels yeah. like, no, this is building to a natural place for this story specifically mm. and bringing them right. back into the universe. And again, it's easy to vilify Didio, but I understand where he's coming from, where, New 52 is meant to generate those new readers, right? Now those new readers have been reading for so long, if they've if they've stuck with it. If someone started at the New 52, they've been reading comics for nearly a decade now. Right. So he did his job, and that's fine. And now it's time to let's. Which is funny because I've, I've said this you know? actually before, but like I still sometimes think of myself as a relatively new reader, and then I realize, wait, I've been reading since 2005. <laughs> it's been yeah. 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, think that is part of how comics constantly call back, and maybe to a yeah. fault, to be fair. Yeah. They call back to stories from the early to mid 2000s all the time, still. And like, I mean, even further back, like, I mean, just Batman last week was calling back to year one, right? Yeah. So it makes us who didn't read year one as it came out feel like, quote, again, quote unquote, new readers, yeah. even yeah. though we're really, I mean, we've been doing this goddamn podcast for nearly five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're you know we're oh. we're at this this place. So I it's it's, it's just, you know so we're expecting some kind of relaunch. Is ultimately the point. I mean that led yeah. into that spiral yeah, conversation. Yeah, and, and I don't think you you cancel you know Batgirl without this or or in Kelly Sue's run on Aquaman. I with, can't remember the last time movie. we didn't have a Batgirl comic on. Uh, well, last well I can tell you the last time. I mean, with the exception of maybe a small gap between the the cast and Steph stuff. I mean, there's been basically been a Batgirl ongoing since the early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. It, it would be a crying shame if this was just the end of her having a consistent book because they've decided that she's failing not and selling enough. I don't see that happening because while she's not a you know bestseller like top twenty even, um, I think she sells consistently and reasonably well that they'd want a Batgirl book. The the idea, I mean, even Gail Simone was tweeting going, I can't mm-hmm. see them not relaunching. Um, Batgirl. And and again, she was like, no, specifying no inside information. She doesn't know right. what yeah. their plans are. But the but, idea of them not relaunching Batgirl I mean, seems to, unfathomable. To, throw, to just throw like a negative little point on this, though, yeah. is that it's shocking to me just how infrequent having a regular Green Arrow comic actually is. Because we don't have one yeah. right now. And obviously we had one from the new 50, maybe all the new 52 and we've had one for a long mm-hmm. time in rebirth but it's been a while now since that book ended and before brightest day when he was dead there was just no, there was just no green arrow comic for a while like it was just not About there five years or so yeah like there's been large periods of time where there's been no and you think no, of green arrow as being one of the you think of him as being one of the bigger b-tier heroes right um so Batgirl's well, actually had more consistent success as a single comic than green arrow has which is interesting well, no, he has, but no, there has been a Green Arrow book. It was just Connor Hawk, or they did do the, the Black Black Canary and Green Arrow book when they got married. Uh, I think we're specifically talking about solo Green Arrow here. Gotcha. Yeah, because there wasn't gotcha. one before 
There, there was one right before the New 52, because there was one that came out of Brightest Day for like maybe 12 issues or something like that. Uh, yeah, he, but, he before the that, forest. Yeah. He's essentially that, on a JT I think, Cole. I think you had two fun. or three years without a solo Green Arrow book. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. So and obviously, I, like, how long does Shazam go without a book? So I mean, the worry I guess is that Batgirl is going to become one of those characters who gets like a twelve to fifteen issue book every yeah. every few years as a try, I mean, but never sticks around again. On Shazam, I know they're relaunched. Well, not relaunched. They they launched or are launching a digital comic with mm-hmm. Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, uh, I think it was Venditti is doing more Superman on that digital first uh, Man of Tomorrow. And that's not that's not reprints from the the Walmart ones. This is new stories that they're just kind of oh we're into new content now. Um, that that Venditti's doing more of, and I think there is a Shazam one that just started last week. That was it might have been Dan Jurgens, someone like that, who's doing it. So that 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 there is content coming out, just not in the traditional format. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. I, I guess that's the worry with some of these books being cancelled. I mean, I mean, I'm not really. I mean, Batman the Outsiders, it's obviously it's less about Batman. There's always going to be Batman, but it more just the other characters and where they're going to end up. Yeah. But of course, Cass has been teased for things, so hopefully uh, something comes of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, just to sort of whip this back around and rate Death Metal issue 2, which uh, I thought was a very solid issue, uh, setting things up and uh, keeping us excited for all the stuff that it's doing. Uh, Matt, what are you going to give the issue? Um, I'm going to give it a solid 8. Connor? Uh, 8.5 from me. I'll agree with 8.5. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, Death Metal Issue 2. Strange Adventures Issue 3. Tom King writing with Mitch Gerrards and Doc Shainer on the art. Uh, of course, it's the other main event this week. You know, there, there was two heavy hitters coming out of the week uh, that were clearly mm-hmm. the two headliners. Uh, so... Can I just say, before we get started, uh-huh. I resent DC not including the variant covers in the digital copies anymore. Especially yeah. on this book, because it only shows me one cover when I think both covers are equally valid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It definitely feels 50 50 with this book as opposed I, to. I had a hard time picking between the issues for the covers for this right. issue. At the but I shop. think it feels like on, on a lot of books, there is an obvious cover A and then, oh, this is the variant cover. Right. But on this book, they feel equal. And I yeah. think it's unfair on the digital versions to it... only include one. It's honestly, I mean, I've never really been that tempted whenever I did buy a physical comic to buy more than one cover, but I feel like Strange Adventures is one that may actually tempt me to get both of every issue. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, basically, we, we see the aftermath of the meeting with Mr. Terrific, where immediately they're like, uh, how effing dare he? And it becomes this outrage from Alana and Adam that the Justice League and Mr. Terrific are investigating in the way that they are, where... They're not presuming his innocence necessarily, uh, even though Superman tries to reassure him. I, I think it's notable. It's it's the questioning about his daughter. Yeah, that, that it's has what him, sends it over the sense. line. And yeah, and I do like seeing his relationships here, with Adam Strange and, and Superman, and then Adam Strange and Hawkman, mm-hmm. and that's who he's bouncing this off of. Like that was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, on on uh, that part. Yeah, so obviously as we go through, so we get that reaction, then we get more of the the, the continuation of the 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 flashbacks slash maybe the mm-hmm. altered version in the book itself, which right. is uh, Adam fighting like a gladiatorial combat match uh, with uh, right. a champion this of is... uh, the Helotat. Oh, yeah, Helotat. And this is who he was going to in the the last issue, right? Yeah, this is back where. Yeah. This is where yeah. he just got to. Uh, we find out, uh, not quite this page yet, but a little bit later, that they've went and retrieved Alana. So she's there witnessing this now. She's in the crowd. Yeah. 
in that she's familiar with this gladiatorial battle that she used to like the kids of Ran would have like play sets mm. of this and it was familiar and they used to do mock ceremonies yeah. and whatnot. And I'm just trying to read into the commentary from, from King on this about if, if it's like we encourage kids to play at war, right? Mm-hmm. There's army men and all these other stuff. What does that do to them later in life? Cause I'm mm-hmm. feeling like Alana, like in the, in the Garrett's pages, she feels very much like a femme fatale yet here in, in these, you know, the, the journal, the journal, basically she's not she's this not quite a heroine but like a, a cypher for she's you know, a supporting character yeah but like she is that she is what ran culture is right like this shining you I, know the, the word i want to use here is a, a cypher yeah that's what that's what i was getting at i was making sure i was using it right yeah for she she represents ran in and of itself because she's on the not the planet, but the, the culture of the city, yeah. right? Um, that she's an outsider watching the ceremony that she, that she thought she knew well, right? Because we're getting her thoughts on it, and and when I, I got to say, Shayner killed it with the the fight scenes here. Oh sure, like, yeah. The, the, I'll, the talking I'll, in between and whatnot is just it flows really well. I was going to interject with the Superman and Adam <laughs> flying towards the the ship uh, over the city. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, that page, page spread. yeah. No. Well, the pitch is gorgeous. And, and on top of this, we also have what looks like the pics are, are leading a charge on Earth. And that's why Adam and Alana are there. And right, that's what we keep seeing him interacting with, with Superman and Hawkman as they're fighting these alien yeah. invaders. Yeah, they're, they're so, leading the charge. And you know, so this is calling into question how they handled it before, which is what a lot okay. of the press, because you know, one of the big scenes in the book is uh them on like a talk show and being asked some questions about the the investigation and alana it gives this sort of general spiel about well you know he's this is just to distract him from his inv- you know from, from what he's actually here to do which is to save the world and mm-hmm. you know blah yeah. blah blah uh as it's cutting of course with the fight where adam actually does you know get a blow from this poison weapon and he's going to slowly die mm-hmm. but he's like no we're still going to fight um yeah the helotat offers him the sword it's like you know yeah. it's customary to offer you the yeah, weapon that you can take your way you know you're, you're, you're the easy way out here now you've been poisoned um rather than fight on and get slower you can die an honorable death yeah yeah and and adam ain't got time for that yep yeah you know? so yeah. um he ain't got time to bleed yeah and they can have this 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 great scene where after talking to i think a lawyer uh, the Alana basically kind of they kind of reaffirm their like how strong their bond is. Uh, with this kiss after because you know, he's getting really sort of worried and he's sort of rambling about oh they're asking about this and they're talking about lawyers and they they asked about her daughter. I mean like come on Jesus like how can they do that? And she just kind of grabs him and kisses kisses him and it's kind of this them sort of having this unified front, uh, this reassurance. Um, which you know is right before the page where a full page spread in the flashback of Adam lunging towards the uh, the warrior. And I think that the actual narrative bounce back and forth between here is actually really strong because this kind of reinforcement of their bond as he's like fighting, because they're, they're fighting for her, like, you know, because there's multiple points where this warrior says, oh, when I win and I take yeah. her, I'm going to enjoy having her by my side because you're willing to right. fight for her this much. Um, so it's kind of this, like, you know, two sides of the same thing. You know, she, she supports him in this way, where his way is, is winning, winning this fight, this fight to the death, 
which mm -hmm. he wins in a brutal way where he does not even win with the sword. He bashes his head in with the helmet. Well, no, he, he slices no. his head off with the, with the, the, with the top helmet. of the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the complete opposite of the good death he was being offered, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think yeah. it's different to bashing it in. Bashing it in implies, you know, like caving the skull in, whereas this is a, still a decapitation, just with the, the, the fin, I want to call it, the helmet. Right. Um, it's, it's nowhere less brutal, but it's a little bit more, you know... It's more precise. Yeah, precise. I was going to say to the point. Well, that works too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just but, got bashed yeah. from the art. Um, but I mean, we see the guy with his head off. We do. Yeah. I, I just thought he bashed it repeatedly in the neck yeah. until his head came off, which I thought was more visceral. I actually thought that's why it was so nasty. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, I got the, he, he's using that fin, the sharp bit of the fin, to cut through the neck. Mm-hmm. I oh, may be right, yeah. but you corrected me so as if I'd made some sort of stupid mistake. But I, I, I think, actually... I think Bashing implies, you know, crushing in the head, whereas this is more of a decapitation using the helmet. Sure, right? yeah. There's a little bit of a difference. I mean, I'm not so sure if I if I get the impression he's swiping from side to side, though. It kind of just looks like he's... Because that the, the three panels either, either on that way, page. that dude's in two pieces. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what matters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just... These pages with, with Garrett's and, and her and... I just, I can't get over how much of the villain she seems. Like, in any film noir, this is the one that you're looking at, right? Like, she's yeah. swimming alone in the pool. Well, even that panel, comes. that panel of her holding the gun up and the swimsuit yeah. is very, you know, and there's Batman's there. Um, and, she, you know, she blows smoke in his face and it's this, you know, this disrespect thing. That, that, that click in the bottom corner as she blows mm -hmm. it and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So yeah. The, the end of the book is this news report. Someone's caught a photo of this. Um and you know calling into question how noble Adam and Alana I mean, are because of I how she's treating him. It, well, well, I don't think it's. I mean, maybe I read this differently to Pete, but this was more to me. Her, she was the one taking the picture, and it's not yeah. calling into question their reputation. It's questioning Batman. It's it's this isn't an independent investigation. They're interrogating them. Uh, yeah. is is what the the narration on the not and, Fox News says at the end. Right. And then the media grabs a hold of it, and now they twist that even more, you know. Yeah, so I would say this is Alana who leaked this. Picture well, to be honest, and, and I, to be anti-Batman and anti-Justice League. Well, hold on a second. I, I read this kind of starting that way, and then by the end, I kind of read it the opposite because it looked that picture to me at the end looks worse for her than it does Batman, to be honest. But well, See, I, I mean, don't know. Maybe just the picture does, but the actual yeah. text of what Fox News are saying is. Oh, this was supposed to be an independent investigation for the Justice League, but here's Batman harassing oh. her. Harass is an actual word it uses, mm. which implies that they're using this as a anti-Batman picture. Well, and and it's a in a pro-soldier type thing too, where mm. especially yeah. in this country, you can't criticize the military for anything. Right, and, and that's, that's the final line yeah. of the issue: is this how we treat our heroes? And yeah, as far as they're concerned, Adam Strange and Alana are, are war heroes on their mm -hmm. platform. Yeah, because I, I even read uh, the 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 talking quotation marks is implying some kind of sexual encounter. To be honest, like I I thought the media was going like bananas with this. Yeah, no, oh. I I took it as it's it's Batman interceding in an independent investigation, and they're they're taking it, and it, I was like, well, no, he's not. He's there to talk. Yeah, you it's know? it's I I definitely thought this is anti Justice League and Batman yeah. rather than anti Adam Strange and Alana. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, yeah, I just. 
I guess either misread it or didn't quite get it. Yeah, well, either, either way, and that's this is the thing with these books from from Kings and Garrods and now Shaner in there too is that they are open to interpretation because again, I'm I'm trying to figure out like what Alana's talking about with you know the, the playing out of the ceremony as children, and what does that mean for later through yeah. through Adam and him playing out that ceremony, which it doesn't end in the way that it's supposed to, right? Like the ceremony. Uh oh. Uh, the ceremony. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the ceremony doesn't end like it's supposed to, right? In the time honored tradition on Ran and the Helotats and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, well, it just adds more question to their story. All right. Well, Connor's back. He's internet went out there for a second. Uh, so we'll just kind of wrap up the book there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just the flow of the conversation came to a, a screeching halt, but yeah. uh. Naturally, obviously, it was very good. Uh, Art was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's poking at character intrigue. I- I'm loving the reaction of k- kind of pitting like Adam and Alana against the Justice League and their reaction to being investigated, which makes them feel inherently a little bit as like they've got something to hide, like there's something to actually Especially find. Especially Alana, and I think it's interesting that King and and, and Gerrards and Shana have been talking about how Alana is the third character in this book, and mm. up until mm-hmm. now, I don't think we've really felt this, but this was definitely her issue, I think. Uh, as yeah. much as it featured a lot of Adam in the, the flashbacks, mm-hmm. especially uh, the present day stuff. I wonder uh, if I wonder if the thing that there's there to find is something that only she knows about and Adam doesn't yeah. actually know. I think that's quite possible. Yeah. yeah, and that's why she's maybe a bit more aggressive with the the defense than also than he is. Where's Sardath and all this? Like, uh, he's the leader, of Ran, right? Like he's their their main scientist, so that's got to be a central mystery. It's her dad. I know. He, that's true. He's at five uh, guys. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like he for her <laughs> for her to be with the hero, but also be their leader's daughter. Like, there's some like I've watched enough Game of Thrones to know there's just, stuff uh, at play here. I mean, on that, it's unusual enough in its own right that she's on Earth. That's yeah. pretty uncommon for Alana. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Matt. What are you giving it? I'm giving this an eight point five. Connor. Yeah, another eight point five from me. I will also give it an eight point five. Uh, it's hard to complain, uh, honestly. So, Justice League forty nine. Sizeboro writing with Aaron Lepresti. Aaron Lepresti on the art. If I can speak properly, uh, this is obviously continuing the arc that we started last time. Uh, it's not the ending. It's not a two issue arc. It was a at least another issue of this afterwards. I think in total he's doing six issues, so it, it might be a six issue arc potentially. It, oh, it could be, all right. Interesting. Because uh, I, I went into this thinking it might be just a two-part, <laughs> and I obviously got to the end and I was like, oh, clearly not. But Yeah. Uh, so, this, I mean, I thought the last issue was enjoyable enough. This one is a bit more wordy, so I was maybe a little bit more less enthused as I was reading it. Honestly, my... Uh... My complaint is pretty much the same as the last time in that it puts Wonder Woman on a pedestal, which I don't mind. I like Wonder Woman being great. But at the expense of everyone else in the league, they all seem a bit lacking yeah. at her expense. Like She's the only one who understands, and everyone else just comes across as a bit stupid. Yeah, the, the framework of this issue is that Wonder Woman's telling this uh, story... Uh, about this ancient giant who was before the Amazons, 
and how she tried to solve this conflict between these these uh two clans and it obviously everything lines up to what the justice league are doing here and it you kind of see how flash makes this kind of the same mistake that this giant made first and then how uh superman makes a mistake and then you know eventually batman trying to speak to everyone makes the, the third mistake that she made uh, and how it just led to more civil wars because then eventually the, the giant decided to back off and let them kind of govern themselves and not get too involved you know let them kind of make their own rules and stuff but that just led to wars it led to conflict because they just didn't know what else to do um so and a lot of this is just showing how the justice league fall into these traps as they're going yeah. through these things and, and and ultimately the the giant queen um iscaria i believe uh yes iscaria was overthrown by the people essentially mm. And it's like, well, it's really predictable what's going to... And Wonder Woman was like, it's really predictable what's going to happen here. And lo and behold, it's kind of what happens at the end of the issue. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they come. They're coming in in the name of the you know the Empress who they who they took down last issue yeah. by the end. Uh, mainly because the ship that was destroyed in space... Because Wonder uh, the, the team all fight these big uh, drone ships that come in. And there was one ship of the, the people on the planet who they get destroyed... And they mistake something that happens afterwards as like an attack because they think, oh, the, the enemy's got this big beam weapon. But it turns out it's actually this thing where once, if one of their ships die, they sort of get sent to the sun. It's like a sort of yeah, blaze of glory thing. They think it's an energy beam being shot at the sun to, you know, take it out essentially. Yeah. Uh, but what it is, is the people of this this planet, when they die, their souls return to their sun. Yeah, it's, 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 think viking funeral but instead of water the sun <laughs> yeah except it, it, it's a physical thing yeah Their souls do actually do this there isn't any religious interpretation it is a physical act it's and kind of again Superman, you know tries to block it thinking it's an attack on the sun that's going to take it out and one woman has to stop him again it's another example of them just not fully understanding the culture uh the yes. the, the, the traditions or even in this case, the physicality of what happens when these creatures die. Uh, and then the cliffhire is just like, Batman's back at the control center, like calling shots and whatnot. And uh, one person from each side, you know, one of the synthetics, one of the... The, the cell and the spark. The cell and the spark, yeah. Uh, mutants and cyborgs, basically. Uh, one of each show up and sort of say, ah, you're warmongers, uh, death to the alien aggressors. Uh, so now some people, at least some of the aliens, are starting to see the Justice League as the enemy. And that's kind of the cliffhanger that we leave yeah. off on. And they're broadcasting what the Justice League are saying to each other in space, where they're like, oh, it's good mm. to be heroes, not just rulers. We This is what we were meant to be. Um, but the way they're saying it to each other is, you know, smashing things is a lot simpler than managing them. And that's being broadcast to the, the entire populace of the planet. Uh, so it's, you know, not sounding great for everyone else. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an okay enough read. It's, it's kind of the arts, again fairly enjoyable to look at given that there's like two artists on it i think or, or is or is it just no, is just, it just lapresti just lapresti okay i thought there was another one on something but maybe that was just somewhere else on, on the credits i'm gonna get again yeah uh you know there's a lot that i mean batman's pose on the last page when he's getting shot by these laser beams uh is a little bit wonky uh in terms of his uh like chest and shoulders and sort of the, the general shape of everything yeah, I'm looking at it. It's not the worst I've seen, but I agree it's a little bit off. There's just a little bit. There's something just a little bit off about it. Uh, it it's, the stuff in space tends to be the best. I thought once Wonder Woman put on her mask again and they all, they're all smashing stuff in space, it's, 
it's fairly pleasing to look at it's not yeah. as it's not as good as the last arc though is the thing because you know, the last arc had a lot of big great big two-page spreads the art was definitely a bit more fancy and kind of elevated things which admittedly was an otherwise kind of just mundane yeah, story and, and there was a, a couple of awkward beats that i've spoken about how wonder woman feels like a real outsider in the league right now and that feels a little bit off but another bit is uh john at the start does what he can basically there was a an energy blast at the end of last issue if you recall like a bomb coming towards the the planet and there was an explosion that was the end of the last issue that was the cliffhanger uh john kind of basically goes i didn't have the energy to contain the blast the blast so i contained all the people instead and saved everyone um but then like for the next like three pages john's just lying there unconscious on the floor and not a single justice league member goes to see if he's okay for like three pages until like flash just carries him off and that was really weird to me that no one kind of stopped what they were doing to check on him. Mm. And I don't mean one of like I think Superman and Batman are talking with the the others, and I get why they're carrying on. They're doing the diplomatic mission, so to speak. But it took pages until I think it's Flash that carries him off in the end. It, it took pages until that happened in the background of a, just a panel. And I thought that was bizarre that it took so long to to go and help their their their, their comrade. And it, it just it, it, a few things like that felt strange in the issue to me. Like I said, you know, that Wonder Woman just being such an outsider and everyone else not feeling like they're bad guys, so to speak, but they're wrong. Yeah. And um, it's not bad. I still like it. I'm enjoying the read. It's just a little frustrating in that, that it feels a little uneven. No, I can't really uh, disagree. It's. I mean, it's so boring to just kind of shrug and go, well, it's kind of a middling story, uh, and just sort of leave it there, because you, you kind of can dig into it a little bit and maybe kind of deconstruct why it feels that way. Uh, I think that, that's the, the frustrating part, is that it doesn't feel just like, oh, it's just a fill-in story doing nothing. It's trying to do something. It is. And so I'm trying to give it that level of respect that it wants, that it, you know, that it's trying to achieve for. And yeah. some of it is just not quite landing, which is, it's, it's almost worse than it not trying. It's funny because I feel like if, the, if, if we had more books right now, we were just talking about how there's actually less books overall right now. This, this may be, I may have followed Matt's leading, just sort of, you know, left it for a while until there was like a proper creative team announced for it. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's like, yeah. It's, 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 it's a combination of the next arc being a fill-in on Metal, which I'm into any, well, not the next arc, there's a two-arc, two-issue yeah. arc for this, but uh, yeah, you know, the the next main chunk is a is a tie into metal, which I'm really into right now. Plus the fact this is on a book a week where I only have five books in total. Yeah. If this was on a busy week, it would be a different matter entirely. Yeah, I only had four. I mean, I had a Patreon book, but I only had four new books myself. So it was kind of like, well, well, well yeah, I'll read it. Why not? I mean, this is really not much of an effort at this point, unless it was yeah. actively like. If if oh. this was on a week where there was like eight books you know i might be considering not bothering with unless this. it was actively uh, maybe painful is too harsh a word but if it was actively unenjoyable to read then fair enough as it is it was fine like you know i'm happy enough to read the next one i, I just wouldn't expect these justice league discussions to be super lengthy or uh exciting until the metal tie-in starts i agree it's not it's not a bad issue though there are there are things i like in this and the art i think is really solid like lopresti's really good at what he does and i don't think it's as good as uh, you know what we had in the last arc. I agree, uh, where the art was really carrying that. Yeah, um, but I think, but I think it, it's enjoyable enough. The end result, though, is that I think I enjoyed the last arc more, even though the story was just fluff. Because I was constantly going ooh and ah at the art, 
I think I enjoyed that more than this, where I'm just kind of like, the story's okay, and it's kind of murky, and it's trying to do something, and it's kind of... I would say, barring the one issue where Venditti's run was fighting, you know, oh, it's the Spectre, and then well, mm-hmm. I-, I must fight you over it like three times in the issue. Barring that one issue, mm-hmm. uh, everything in Venditti's run was better than this. Yeah. So, hey, what are you giving it? Uh, I'll give it a 6.5. Yeah, let's give it a straight six, I think. It's fine. You know, it's readable. <laughs> uh, so, Aquaman, 61, Kelly Sue the Conic writing with Miguel Medoncha on the art. Uh, same team as last time. Uh, and I'm pointing that out because it was obviously Robson Roca for a long time on, on this run with uh, Kelly Sue. So, this is um, kind of the wedding or the, the potential wedding between Mira and Volko. Yeah. One of the great comic book weddings. Because it goes exactly <laughs> like all comic book weddings. They, they treated this exactly the same as they did the wedding between Batman and Catwoman. Uh, okay. Except well, there wasn't a huge build and 14 tie-ins yeah. and, well, you know. Do you know the thing is, though, is I actually thought there was going to be a wedding. I thought she was... Because there was a point where she was making a speech about marrying someone who's her equal. And I, 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 admittedly, I did laugh out loud when Orm stands up and goes, Yes, I will marry you, <laughs> God, he's such... He's he's entered like my favorite villains just because he's a dick. I think in this like, one it's not yeah. villainous; it's just pretentious. No, well, hold on, hold on. Let exactly. me finish. My, let me finish my point before we spiral off into random other yeah, things. We're still on Orm, don't worry. Right? Is that yeah. I really thought? Well, I'm going to talk about Orm though. That was just kind of a bit of the interlude because that joke was there. Is that I I genuinely thought she was building up to saying that she was going to marry Arthur, and they were going to give us a surprise. Now, admittedly. This would have probably been all over like Twitter and the news websites had it actually happened. But I thought for a second, I thought, oh, maybe she's building up to saying she's going to marry Aquaman and they're just going to do it right here and now, and that's going to be a thing. Instead, it was more about, no, we're going to like, abolish the monarchies. Uh, uh, change Which everything. is monumental in its own right. Uh, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, which which I do like, and I, I, I also am feeling like they're throwing some movie continuity stuff in here. Because this is the first I really can remember like the Brian people outside of the movie. Which ones you are know, the Brian? So they're the shrimp people. Oh, yes. No, you're right. Like the I, crustacean I looking ones. I don't recall them before like, this either. No, so if you guys are Aquaman like scholars, correct me, but this is the I, first time I remember hearing of them outside the movie. I personally feel like it's likely they were in some comics before uh, that we yeah. haven't read, but maybe they weren't as big a deal and the movie right. just went, we'll use those. And now they're just kind of, it's kind of like, you know, a feedback loop where they're like, well, we might as well use them because they're in the movie and people recognize them. Right. Yeah. Also, were these the, were these the seven kingdoms that Johns was always hinting at? Well, there's only five, isn't there? Ah, right. There's, I mean, oh, I suppose Atlantis, six. Atlantis, yeah, Zebel. Atlantis, Brian Zebel. writes the trench and the sea lights. Yeah. That's right. only six. Yeah, there's, okay. a, there's a sequence at the start of this where Orm's like chastising one of his uh one of his men for not yeah. like wearing dressing appropriately for a wedding, and then gives him his own cloak. He's like, "Well, not anymore. You know, yeah. you know, you do want something better. You have this now." And it's he's, it's one of those moments again where, hey, Orm's not a bad guy right now. No, nah. no, he's he's really taking the populist track though. And there's always when you have someone from the <laughs> upper class that decides to become a populist. Always watch your pockets. And they also... They're, they're coming to thieve your mind. And of course, it, I mean, again, it kind of goes out the window a little bit when he just immediately wages war after the whole monarchy thing. <laughs> but one thing I, I did like about this issue, the, 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 I mean, they've maybe briefly kind of, a, 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 you know, had it simmering or kind of alluded to it. But 
they actually fly out a dress here because I didn't realize as I started this issue that the, the populace, even Orm and the other leaders, don't know that Mira's not in a coma anymore. So they actually mm-hmm. raised this interesting thing that the public perception of Volko right now is he's a creep because he's married <laughs> Mira when she's in a coma. Right. So, and this is coming right, from like the other kingdom as well, like the yeah. Isabellians. Because uh, like, she uh, has this big Elton grand entrance because, you know, Orm's making this speech about stuff and then Mira makes this big entrance with a big green wedding dress and everyone's like, oh, she's, a, you know, she's up, she's awake, she's alive. I was yeah. like, and, and, and Orm's alive. like, shit, plan B. Yeah, well, yeah, I love it because it cuts to Volko during Mira's speech, and like uh, whoever's talking to him is like, "Hey, this must be good for you." Like, you know, not everyone thinks you're not a pervert anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I also like that Mira dissolves the widowhood because they've been, you know, causing been problems with pain in the ass for like a decade at least. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know she's taking control of of the Atlantean culture, which. I, I do like that Kelly Sue's taking from that um, from the Abnet stuff, right? Where we saw the tiered, you know, the whole different trides. And, and as much as we know, know Aquaman is, or Kelly Sue, sorry, I should be specific, is right. coming to an end on this book. Right. I hope it's not the end of Aquaman, or you know, I hope it's not the end of this. Yeah. This continuity. Honestly, of that sounds specifically. I really like what we're doing with, uh, you know, from like middle of. Abnett's run to this. I really like the trajectory. Uh, hold on a second. That's a pretty sad start. You said uh, Kelly Sue's coming to an end. You didn't say Kelly Sue's run's coming to an end. Kelly Sue's coming to yeah. an end on this book. But it was inferred. It was <laughs> there, was a, there was an obvious implication. Is that what happens when writers' runs end at DC? They have them assassinated? Is it? Well, <laughs> I, I didn't think I needed to specify that she wasn't going to die. I'm sorry. This <laughs> is. <laughs> This is why Bendis is working on four books at once. <laughs> They'll never get him. <laughs> um, oh, also, what happened to Fraction? Well, he's this, a, he's sending Jimmy. This is why Tom King's <laughs> such a good comic book writer, is because he was in the CIA. He's used to dodging assassination attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, like, I like that it's going back to the admin stuff and playing with the politics in, in the ocean world and how they've been problematic, right? We've mm. seen the root of this and, like, the widowhood constantly being at odds with Mera. And so I finally like that Mera's like, why? What do you do? Yeah, I well, feel I'm like... the queen. I can do what I want, right? Ma- Mera... Right, you're fired. I was going to say Mera. Uh, Kelly Sue... Yeah. Maybe she's the red hair. I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Kelly Sue... I take offense of that. ...introduced a lot of the... Uh... You know, a lot of her own stuff, right? All the gods' stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it was uniquely hers. It was completely separate from everything that came before. But after that, all this widowhood stuff is definitely stuff that I associate with the Abnett run, and it feels like she's really yeah. tapping into the recent history it, of the book. The first half of her run feels uniquely hers, in a, in a, in a good yeah. way. And the back half, right. not that it's not uniquely hers, like not that she's not writing it and doing the, the heavy lifting, but it feels in, in tone with what I expect from the continuity of Aquaman. Yeah. And I think that's a really strong balancing act to be able to mm-hmm. bring something entirely new to the table like she did, and then immediately blend into the established continuity and push it forward still, which this absolutely is. Yeah, uh, I think that's a yeah. uh, really strong writing. Now, uh, some of the art in here is actually really good. Uh, obviously, her yeah. reveal page is good, but I actually like the page after that where she's standing making her speech, holding the uh, the bouquet. Uh, it's just a really nice p- piece of art. Uh, I think that page looks great. Uh, uh, all, all the deep inks, especially the, the deep shadows, uh, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, so Aquaman is just kind of with Tula, just watching, like, 
you know, just waiting. And so it's because she keeps saying that do you want to intervene now? Now that Arm's like, you know, doing all this, and he's like, no, no, she's got it, she's got it. Uh, but then kind of regrets that he didn't intervene earlier when the entire fleet arrives at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, the ships, you know, and and it's like, well, we may have this kind of now. What may have? Yeah. You don't say. So that's kind of the cliffhangers that he finally sort of takes his hood down. The ships are coming in. Big fight's about to about to hit off, kick off, and that's where we are at the end of the issue. Uh, so no, I mean, Aquaman has been. You know, Batgirl finally lost its crown of uh, being, consi- you know, relatively consistent mm-hmm. since the start of Rebirth. Aquaman, even though it had kind of a shaky start, has been oddly in a good place almost the entire time. There's been, oh, there's been a little fill-in arc think, here. Was it what, like, issue, like, 17, I think, was the start of the, the Tried stuff? Yeah. And I think it was a couple issues before that was the, the Aliens arc that we kind of went yeah. back and enjoyed all yeah. of us. Yeah, that I love that stuff. Arcs. Maybe issue 13 or 14. So I'd say the first yeah. 12 issues or so were kind of yeah, whatever. It was fine at his feet. After that. Yeah. Feet. Uh, I think it's it's awkward to say fine at his feet when Abner had five or six issues before that uh, in the end of the New 52. I mean, that's but, fair, but um, still. But since then, it's been in a really solid place. Yeah, just there was, there was like a two-issue tie-in at Suicide Squad, uh, like right before Kelly Sue's one that was... was yeah, I, I oh, don't know Oh, Mike. Oh, my yeah. God. It was like I, a wave I of I, static. I don't remember if that was Abner or not. I think it might have been. I think, I think it was. I don't yeah. hold that against nah, him nah. or whoever it may have been. If it no, because no, I remember that one. I remember and... complaining that it was like the last two issues of his run was this weird crossover. So his run really ended before those two issues, yeah. and then there was yeah. this weird two thing. It was the first arc I wasn't big on, and then he had the the stuff about uh, what's his name from from the ninth tribe and his dad. Um, that one was pretty rough. He was the main villain, declared himself oh, king. Um, was that the one with the, the Kelly Jones art? They think so. Mm. And yet, well, yet, we thought it was kind of rough with the art yeah. for a few issues. Yeah, and then the the just the the story of his dad, and it was just it was real like trite and like, eh, this is all basic villain. Yeah, yes. so we're not saying this book has been perfect the entire no. time. No, uh, but, but it has been was... solid for like ninety percent. I would. Yeah, say. but when you look at the sixty issue kind of volume of this this Aquaman run, as it Way were, more good than there's. Yeah, bad. this is. Yeah, Shockingly, Kelly pretty Sue's good. Last issue will be what sixty-five. Um, about right, I guess. I, I'd say probably about forty-five of those are in the really good territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, which is absolutely not bad at all. So, no. uh, yeah, that's all. issue, Ackerman. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, yeah, we, we we giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give us an eight. Connor? Yeah, it's an eight from me too. I'll also give it the flat eight. Now Matt is going yeah. to tell us his experience with Nightwing seventy two, which he jumped into because he was promised uh, the, the the road to Dick, the path and, to Dick. Yes, and and this is why I have boots. This is yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Dick Grayson is one of my favorite characters in comics. So it's been real insulting that I haven't been able to read him since you know the KGB KGB incident. That was, that was Batman, Batman. fifty. Uh, was it? Because I thought uh, the wedding was just, just after. It's just after, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's what two years now. Because you know he gets shot, and then Bruce is all still pissy from the wedding, and he's right. he almost beats KGB to death, right? That's the story. Yes, he tracks him down. Yeah, but Joe, you know this has reminded me how much I liked that two issue arc that had a uh, silencer in it. Yeah. Uh, right, you know, right at the end of the run before the Percy stuff. 
Yeah. It was it was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And the, uh, uh, the the race, the race yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. And yeah. so now now I've taken a long break from him. You know, there's a writer who must not be named. You know, <laughs> took over, and then Jurgens has taken it. And I usually like Jurgens, but I'm not playing the Rick Racing game. So here was the path back to Dick. And... Uh, just before you get on further, Matt, mm-hmm. why this issue? Why did you decide? So to this, try it, because this is the tie-in for Joker War. This is what's going to lead to him becoming Dick Grayson again. So I'm like, why not? And it's teased that it's going to involve Batgirl. I've been missing Batgirl. So it's all here. And, and I generally like Jurgens. So it had nothing to do with me reading. It had nothing to do with the creative team. It was like, I don't like this direction still that we're doing. But there's promise at the end. And then you read the issue and you're just like, this is just, it feels like a tie-in for the sake of tie-in. They're throwing punchline in there just because she's the new toy. And um, it starts off with, I guess Dick has a new girlfriend and she sets a fire in a bat logo. And so Batgirl comes running. What, and... what I get from this is, is maybe some of us are Team Fabs and maybe some of us are yeah. Team Starfire when it comes to Dick. Yeah. But we're not whoever this, this is... new random person is. <laughs> and this is Rick's girlfriend. So she ends up talking to, to Batgirl and she's like, no. I know Rick was was Nightwing. I know you guys had a history and whatnot. And, you know, he's starting to get memories back. And I'm worried that, you know, that's the end of us, right? That this is Dick Grayson, not Rick Grayson. And so Batgirl, you know, is like, well, I'll, I'll do my best to try to, to do this. And th- there's a lot of Babs trying to come to terms with the Rick Grayson thing, which I don't know if they've touched on up to this point. And so there's a little bit of promise there. And then... Apparently, what caused him to get his memories back was the Joker had this crystal that the 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 Court of Owls was using to rewire him to become a Talon, and that crystal broke. And I'm just like, Jerkins, what are you doing? I, I don't know if I'm drunk or if this is insanely stupid. No, oh, it's insanely stupid. Um, and and so that crystal breaks, and that's what's leading him to get his memories back. And that's what the girlfriend thinks. And then Babs goes to talk to Rick, and he's, of course, he's not acting like himself. And he's got this stupid new costume that just looks like something from Marvel in the 90s. And you're just like, what is going on? And he ends up talking with Babs. He's like, oh, no, this is who I am now. I'm going to be a, a fuse of them, of, of Rick Grayson and Dick Grayson. That's my life. And then she starts to put it together that no, the crystal's still there and Joker's in possession of it. And now Joker's rewriting his memories to turn him into Joker's son. And Punchline shows up in order to facilitate this to fight Babs. And it ends with Punchline and 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 Rick Grayson, Joker's son now. Um <laughs> Taking out Babs. I'm trying to get to the end here. What is this? Now, I, I know, yeah. I think it was Tyler that made me and Pete read a couple of issues of Nightwing. Yeah, yes. we're, we're back at this. the start of yeah. this Rick stuff. And yeah. um, all I can say is uh, thank you, Tyler, for yeah. uh, letting us read, you know, American Vampire and Undiscovered Country, respectively, instead of this. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, so let's be honest, let's be honest though. Fight. 
This is way right. funnier because none of us knew how this was going on. So hearing Matt yeah. describe this so so you know so much later, but all this stuff's been happening is making yeah. this really funny. It, it is, yeah. So, so, so punchline cuts Babs in the leg, so she's you know big old leg wound, and then and then Rick shows back up and stops her, but takes the blood from from the knife that cut Babs and draws a Joker smile. And and says that he wants to kill Batgirl. Um, so you know, Babs tries to get away, mm-hmm. and then they're standing over her. Joker comes out, and that's where he calls them their family, uh, his family. And Is I'm this just like, well, issue. Kind of. That's where it ends. Is Joker, Punchline, and and Rick Grayson, all with these big stupid smiles, and Joker saying, "My family," with this stupid crystal glowing. And it says next, Dick Grayson, son of the Joker. No, because I'm not reading the next issue. I he's <laughs> he, not all the way back out. This is this is what I get, and <laughs> that's this sounds. Do you know what? I terrible. said I, I I read no I I watched all of the Fast and Furious movies this past yes. week, and most of them are terrible. They are. This sounds worse than all of them combined. So last week I said, oh maybe I'll read Destiny Away issue. You know when Matt said he might because okay maybe it's the start of the build towards something. And Matt, this you know, he could have been a dick and not told me yeah. what, what was like, but he he was nice enough to say that I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I don't he's, think he's, I, a, he's a better I, man than I. I don't yes. think I could have predicted that the next time that there would be Dick Grayson, the Joker's son. Like, yeah, I, I, it's just just for I, context. I, yesterday, I watched a terrible TV show for ne- uh, from Netflix in episode one, and it was garbage. And I watched it for the sake of review. I was like, I could tell Pete this is terrible. We could just not do this. Yeah. But I made Pete. Wa- I, I I said nothing. I let Pete watch it so that we could review it, and it was it was terrible. Matt is a better person than I, clearly. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, goes without saying. Um. Yeah. No. I. It's it's real bad, and you know, DDO is responsible for some bad things, and I'll I'll just keep it to creative decisions, in getting rid of Dick Grayson to make him Rick Grayson might be the top of my list now after going through this, because there's no reason for it. You know, like we could have just had a middling nightwing book of him, you know, in Bloodhaven wanting to distance himself from, from Batman. But no, we had to go do the memory loss route, which if this was a TV show, that's when you would know this is when it's time for me to stop watching. I think it's, it's frustrating because there could be a, a mediocre Nightwing book and mm-hmm. maybe I'd drop it and it would be disappointing because I like Nightwing. But right. uh, it's not the end of the world. I've dropped characters I like before. I mean, hell, I'm not reading Superman right now. Right. Right? Right. It's it's not the end of the world. Oh. I'll, there'll be a good one sometime. But doing this is in borderline insane. I, I would like to interject with something that's actually kind of interesting news. Not DC related, mm-hmm. mentally. Comic book related, but not DC mm-hmm. comics related. Is that starting in October... They're going to start releasing The Walking Dead from number one again in color. That's actually kind of interesting. Not that they're doing it in issue by issue, but mm-hmm. um, Scott Pilgrim did this where they released the color versions of the trades later on. And they were, they but that's were not really issue good. by issue. No, yeah. no, and they were really good. And I, I actually like, recommend reading not, those color versions. Joyce, like, not to take away because you, you are, this is not like colorizing black and white movies because now the whole point of. of Walking Dead being black and white, right? It was, it was yeah. a stark look at the world. So you are adding a new layer, but at the same time, 
do you need to kick that dead horse? Well, here's the thing. This is why I think this is so funny. Is that just actually today I was listening. To, just be glad that I didn't bring these sales figures into uh, into this. <laughs> but there was talk about how much Image Comics' sales and, and trades and a single issues mm-hmm. has drastically went down in the last five years. And a big part of that is that Walking Dead diminished when it used to be this juggernaut. Saga was a juggernaut, which just isn't on right now. Um, right. And all the books underneath just aren't there anymore. Because there was a time, like five, for, for a good like five-year period, from like 2010 to 2015, Image. Image was a big deal. There was a lot of big Image stuff Image. number ones outsold almost anything. So like, I just, in that context, them, like, because the Walking Dead's done, like, oh, we're going to go back, we're going to release the whole thing again, 180 issues, whatever it was, I, in color. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, there's worse decisions, but I, I could see this though adding a new layer. Oh no, that's, to the story. I think if they did know? it trade by trade, I would be really yeah. okay. Like, um, like I mentioned, Scott Pilgrim, uh, Phonogram, uh, volumes two and three had Matt Wilson as the colorist, uh, oh. like in Wicked Divine, and it's fantastic. I mean, no, it's, it's uh, just but, a... in, but volume one originally was black and white, but they re-released a like a deluxe edition with all of it with. Yeah, uh, Matt Wilson coloured the first volume as well, and it was fantastic. So, uh, this is not like adding colour to a movie where it's this really weird, bastardised, like, fake thing. Mm-hmm. Like, comic books are, are are technically all black and white to begin with, and then colour is added. So, right. you know, there's nothing, like, blasphemous from a, from the, the art form perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you just feel so strongly that it should be in the original form it was intended as the whole, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. But... It's an interesting experiment. Now, them trying to do this issue by issue for potentially, you know, 180-something months. <laughs> is... I think that's that's where my problem comes from, is that it's monthly, more than anything. Like I say, I, you know, I've just listed two different examples which had, like, the the colour versions that were really good. Um, but, yeah. So, you said 180 issues? Is that what it got it's like, to? It's like 184 or something like that. Yeah, I'm okay. looking at it now. Um, That's 15 years. It's going to be uh, more than that. The, it's the Walking Dead Deluxe, which is the colored editions, will launch October 7th and then begin a twice-monthly schedule in November. So, Two seven months? and a half years. Two a month, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm assuming it's one every two months. Why would you assume that? The uh, that should be quicker. It's only coloring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it'll be seven and a half years instead of 15 so yeah. well yeah, yeah yeah probably but yes. still that's what's bizarre is that apparently they have no plans to collect the color reprints of the single edition the single issues into collected editions quote anytime soon because oh, they're trying to garner their their sales by yeah. making walking i, gu- I guarantee you by the time they get about 20 issues then you'll start seeing 12 issue hardcovers i, oh, I guarantee sure. you but it's bizarre that they're just lying about yeah. this when yeah i mean like the comic book market is fickle at the best of times don't get me wrong uh but it's weird for them to lie about something as blatant as this yeah but they're, they're totally doing it there's no way they're not uh, there's a couple of pages I'm just looking at on Twitter here. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of makes it feel a bit more cartoony having the color there. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously that's part of the, the choice of how they've chosen to color it. Oh, I'm looking but... at it now. Is this is this the first issue I'm looking at? Yeah, this is the first issue. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've read the first. It's been like you know. It's been a while since I read. Yeah. I, I read the first hundred and four issues of the book, so I read more than I, half of it. I read exactly a hundred issues. Uh, I read that far and. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't be wrong. That's a nice. I would go book. back and read the rest. 
Um, and maybe I'll read this colored edition. That's that's interesting. And like I said, with the with with the two examples I mentioned, Scott Pilgrim and Phonogram, I think the colored editions are arguably superior in in the mm. end result. Uh, like um, they are excellent versions of both of those, and you can't go wrong. I feel like uh, maybe maybe some different. maybe something they should have done in the book is that the the blood should still be red, like in the original versions. I always felt mm. like the blood should pop because uh, it's a zombie story. But it's a very um. I want to say Sin City. I kind of, I guess, but I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, just, I just thought it was amusing. I read that on Twitter as, as Matt was going on about. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. It's, it's, anyways, it's more interesting than Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this this is I the art. I think it's running. Let me let me double check the art. So I think it's Clickette, and the art's fine. Clickette's you know. a solid artist. Yeah, and and again, Jurgens is. I'm sure he's just yeah, it's running quick. Right. Jurgens, I'm sure, is just trying to make the best of a bad situation. And they're like, hey, you need to tie this in. Also, the Joker used that crystal that you came up with, talents. And sorry, I thought about that already. Yeah, the crystal. It's... The 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 crystal. The crystal. So yeah, I, just, I... they've done they they done massacred my boy, and like first mm. it was Wally, and now it's Dick, and like, man, it's just not fair. So, uh, but I have to rate this. This, uh, this review calls for more booze. There you go. So I'm going to give this a 4.5. So, yeah. Okay. That actually sounds too generous, to be honest, given what you just read, but... Yeah, but you know how my rating system is. I know, I know. I, I don't remember what I poured in this whiskey glass. <laughs> that's that's how long this review has gone on. Just a, yeah. an incredible oh. amount of sperm. All right. Uh... Jerry Olsen, issue 12, Matt Fraction writing, Steve Lieber on the art. This is the final issue of this series, so take it away. So, this this book, all, you know, 11 of these 12 issues have been really Fraction jumping around to different stories of Jimmy with the Silver AG, like, recap kind but of things. This is actually really focused. I think we only have yeah. the one quote-unquote yep. introduction. It, uh, page it, where you we usually have like four or five times an issue, whereas this is just the one. Right, which slows down the read. I got through this one probably quicker than any other Jimmy Olsen issue. Me too. Did you still it, read the entire? I mean, most of the issues I've been reading the entire introduction mm -hmm. page every time oh. it happens. Oh yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, it's there. It's not just like in in the the actual Silver Age comics. This introduction mm -hmm. page was copy and pasted every issue. Right. Right. Whereas in these are this pastiche of it, they have been different every every time it showed up. Even yeah, the, each multiple one's different. Like there'll be similarities, but yeah. and a lot of them is fraction playing with language too. So like one of them was just all of Jimmy's different nicknames his brother and sister have called him. Yeah. You know, but so, they've all been pretty funny at the very least. Yeah. So, um, but here this one was like the most focused and actually the most in continuity that we've gotten. Yeah, it referenced. It referenced an issue of Action Comics. Yep. And I, I want to quote the editor's uh, note mm -hmm. here, where it says, see Action Comics 20, 123. Mm -hmm. Or just take our word for it, yeah. for the editor's note. And I was like, I will take your word for it. Thank you very much, editor. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, I mean, I appreciate it anyway, because, uh, I mean, the, the context was in the, the publisher being someone or other that Matt can probably say better than yeah, me. Yeah, it's... It yeah, it's when they revealed that Leon, who, you know, the whole secret mafia story, she was the owner of the, the planet. 
I don't listen to a word you guys say during okay. action comics. Uh, so, but but this editor's note was enough for me, honestly. Yeah. Like compared to, I mean, even compared to Lois Lane, right, which had a, a handful of editor's notes over its mm -hmm. run in regards to tie-ins to Superman and action comics. This was the most hands-off in which, yes, this referenced current continuity, but yeah. the editor's note gave me exactly enough that I needed to to get through this issue. Mm -hmm. But so uh, the main story comes in here with, with Julian Olsen being the one revealed to have put the hit out on his brother. So because the family's broke, like there's, there's really nothing left. And that he, that, that Jimmy spent, or that Julian was able to spend the money, you know, to try to fix things to stop Luther. Yeah, but, we um, got a lot of this, I think it was last issue, maybe the issue mm -hmm. before, we got a lot of this where uh, Julian was the one, like, robbing the trust fund, essentially, mm -hmm. but because Jimmy hadn't accessed his portion of it, the right. only way he could get it was killing Jimmy. Right. Which he did, on paper. Yes. Even though it didn't go through, so and then Julian went and spent it all that, spent all that, and so that leaves them with nothing. And um, but Jimmy just wants to bring him to justice, and he gets help from Porcadillo, who tackles Julian uh, as he's trying to leave. I mean, even before we get to Porcadillo actually tackling him, uh -huh. the highlight of this issue might have been uh, Julian Olson getting hit in mm -hmm. the face with a crock, as yeah. in the the shoe. Um, right. Right. Uh, and it being Porcadillo having flicked it at him. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that cracked me up. Also, the the jetway that he uses, or the stairs that he uses to get up the, onto the plane is from Bluth Wayne, and it's the yeah. truck from, from Arrested Development, which I thought was a nice touch. And, and um, he's just yelling, Porcadillo, as yeah. he runs up. Uh -huh. Also, the, the sound effect of him getting hit with a crock is Bacrock. Um, which is like pretty pretty great, but and Jimmy snaps a picture of it, and so they they take this evidence and you know declare Jimmy's name, and he can't believe that they're out of money, um, you know, and his sister's like we were thought to you know we were raised as if the fortune was infinite, and Jimmy's like well no infinity isn't really infinite I've no I've seen it, you know so like yeah. he would know. But and should enter, but Miss Tessmacher. Right. And she drops off a box. And it's this box that we had seen Luther going through. And she's very friendly about it. So it makes you think it's a trap. Right? Yeah. Right? And so they start looking and they go, wait. Lex used to have red hair. And wait. There's this picture of our family. And it brings up the lost Luther Olsen bloodline and, that and was hinted at goes issues all the way ago. back to those first like one mm -hmm. to three issues uh, right. of, of this run where it was really tying into the old-timey luther olsen rivalry right and so tess mocker tells him that hey you as a blood relative to lex luther as proved right here in this box i just handed you you have access to the luther family fund because you're related to him the olsen and the luthers are actually one family yeah, or they are since the 18th or 19th century, right. whatever that flashback was. Right, right, right. And that by law, the family trust says that every expenditure requires a unanimous consent from the trustees. Let's see him outthink his way out of that one. And it's... This is and, fun to see Tessmacher kind of going against Luther, because usually Tessmacher is just Luther's... Right, and you'd see that, but Luther, Luther is that 
pastiche of I want to beat the person at their highest level, right? Yeah. He doesn't like to do things easily. So I wouldn't be surprised if it ever gets revealed. Fraction does a sequel series that Luther wanted this because he knows he needs an extra challenge, right? And that's a lot of this is is mm-hmm. Jimmy is now Luther's rival more than the way this series presents it as right. more than Superman is. He's not just a thorn in his side as Superman's pal. He is now, like you just said, on the same level. He is an actual rival of Luther because if Luther wants to do anything, right? If Luther wants to do anything above the board, you know, as the Luther business, he now needs Jimmy Olsen or and and Janie for the, for a lesser, right? Because they need unanimous decisions. Yeah. So now this the, brings uh, Lex the, in the presentation at least. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy forfeits that right in a mm-hmm. pseudo blackmail right but <laughs> that's uh what he's entitled to at least right and he tells him look i'll never let you spend another dime but if you cover janie and, and her place you know her artistry and if you fund the planet i'll stay quiet about the olsen family claim to the money the luther money uh and he gives and him the box him, with my, my favorite moment when he calls him uncle lex, lex. <laughs> yeah Right. So now it is, you know, Luther who admits that this was kind of his plan to turn the brothers on each other. You know, the destruction of the suit of lion yeah, statue. Where it was like, I lied. It was me. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't try to have you killed, but everything else was me. Right. And then that leads to the Daily Planet. <laughs> Smash cut to headline Lex did it. Luther convinces the citywide <laughs> chaos campaign. And, and, and the dummy did and it Jim all on camera. The publisher. Right. Of the Daily Planet. So I'm wondering how this is going to go with action, right? Um, now I'll that he's, for it. Yep. he's the publisher. So now, not only is he the publisher of the Daily Planet, he is now Perry's boss. Can, right? can we take a moment to acknowledge the moment where Perry calls him chief? Mm-hmm. That so is nice. maybe one of my favorite moments of this entire 12-issue series. And on that same page, you have Lombard hucking a football at somebody and messing up the papers. <laughs> It's and Lois on anarchy. two phones at the same time. Two phones at the same time. And, you know, uh, Superman comes up to him, and they're sitting on top of the Daily Planet, and Superman like, gives him a hey, new... Pal. So you're going to watch. Yeah. And, you know, just lets him know that, he goes, I know that you've taken care of yourself. You've never yet found yourself in more of a mess than you could manage. Just know that if you ever need, call me for help. You know, because the whole point of this was Jimmy wanted to do this without Superman. He didn't, Superman's got enough going on. I'll do it. And, but and, and we know from the last issue that Superman did intervene a little bit, but without a little bit towards Jimmy the end. Go. Just right. He wanted to be that unseen help of hey, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna intervene a little bit. I'm gonna do what needs to be done, but I'm not gonna undermine my friend. I'm gonna let him think he did it himself. Right. So he leads him, you know, to that that. Hey, that's what friends are for, and that—that's what and it that's, ends on. That's that's the final page. Is yeah. Jimmy and Superman? It's a full page spread of Jimmy and Superman uh-huh. sitting on the planet, going, "Hey, that's what friends are for, right?" And overlooking Metropolis is now these page. these two are now de facto guardians of Metropolis, right? Like Jimmy's publisher of the the Daily Planet. He kind of has a check on Luther on certain and, things. And Superman is Superman, right? So. And it's just, I really feel like Fraction left his mark now. Like, he did tie it into continuity at the end. You, you know? can 
you can tell me if I'm wrong, given that mm -hmm. you've read the other, you know, mm -hmm. action of Superman more than me. Right. This feels more in continuity and setting itself in stone as as its own thing mm -hmm. more than Lois did to me in terms of yeah. the Superman family of books. Right. Whereas whereas with Lois, that led to you know Superman revealing who he was and that whole like, section of of her being in Chicago writing her book. Yeah. And Lois whatnot. became a, a multiversal book. Don't right. get me wrong. Uh, but Jimmy became a Superman book, like right. a Superman family book, right? Or a Metropolis book, if you will. They both, they both went to this big grand ending where they were kind of. This didn't really do anything different than Lois did towards the end, right? Like, this, this was kind of always about Jimmy getting into scrambles but wanting to settle it himself, and then, but then at the end, it, it ties it back into yeah, he's still Superman's pal, but I mean, it does this more effectively. Than Lois did because Lois did do the big grand that's, multiversal that's thing. For me, this lands better than Lois in the sense that sure. for eleven issues, this was way entirely its own thing. Mm -hmm. And even in this final issue, it's mostly its own thing. It's mm -hmm. just like, hey, look, look what I mean to Metropolis now. Whereas Lois became a a multiversal. Uh, right. Issue. That was more of Rucka's stamp. Whereas this is it, it came, this is it fashion a, coming in yeah. and. And playing with Jimmy Olsen, but leaving him mostly the same. Whereas Rucka came in and was like, this was my idea for the DC Universe and how we can rectify some of these problems I, going forward. If I had to so, do it in a sentence, Rook, uh, Lois became a Rucka book, whereas right. Jimmy became a Metropolis book. Yeah. yeah. And and both are really, I mean, I mean, even though I had complaints last week about Lois, mm -hmm. I, think both, I think it was a really good book overall. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Jimmy kind of sought higher heights in that it remained true to its focus, but mm -hmm. managed to widen out to Metropolis without losing that. Whereas I think Lois widened out to the, the multiverse and lost some of what it was. Right. Um, but here too, if, you know, a peek from the solicits, you know, Bendis has in there in Superman coming up. Jimmy's now the publisher or co-owner of the Daily Planet. Oh really? Okay. I, yeah, I, I so didn't. That, read, I, yeah, that I'll was in the solicits. I I look at who's on art for Action right. Superman to see mm -hmm. if you and Peter are still going to suffer, and right. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. So so that was in there. So that that's going forward. That's why I, I'm glad that this, so this has some bearing going feels forward. Feels very in continuity in that sense. Yeah. Even though it's been as as wacky and bizarre as it has. As much as Jimmy Olsen can be, right? Because he's yeah. such this. Everything happens to him, you know. Um, yeah, it's still all there, even though it doesn't feel like it half the time. It's still mostly it's there. so insane and all over the place, mm -hmm. but it's actually very in continuity, is what you're saying, I think? Right, exactly. It's very. It's basically on brand for Jimmy Olsen. I remember in, in New 52, they tried to make when, you know, him and Clark were living together because Clark was aged down. The dynamic just really wasn't there. It was like, yeah, he was Superman's best friend, but there wasn't like this where he looks up to Superman. Where at the but end these, here, uh, the last two pages of this—I mean, it's happened throughout this book. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. especially in the first two or three issues, but yeah. in this final two pages where he's sat on the on the on the planet with right. Clark, right? It's nailed it. Right. Whereas I feel like at the end here, Jimmy started looking up to Superman, and Superman's looking up to Jimmy in a way. Because he was able to handle this 
you know, and, and turns around like he's not just the goofy. It is a cover for yeah. a lot of what he does. So and, and uh, I think Traction just nailed it. And then the Steve Lieber art here, like it's not as zany as it has been. Like, yeah, there's the porcadillo tackling, you know. And, uh, and throwing a Julian. crop at Luther. But, right. Uh, I, I agree that Lee Bazaar is maybe as good as it's ever been in this mm -hmm. issue. If not better, because even there there were some issues where Lois was looking a little wonky, where you you'd have to tell me that was Lois. Here it's distinctly Lois Lane. Like right. you know, the, the the first page where it's Lois, I think is in the Planet newsroom, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. Yep. Um but it's you know it's Lois from the right. second that starts. But yeah. So um Hell of a way to stick a landing. I gotta give Fraction credit because this is like really the first thing from Fraction that I read that I've really loved outside of like it was because of this I went back to Hawkeye. Do you right? know what? Hawkeye was on sale, I think, last yeah. no no, it was two weeks ago. I know it was two weeks ago yeah. because of personal reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh that it was on sale. It was like six dollars or something for the yeah. entire deluxe whole run. Nice. And I was like, Oh, I'll grab that. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to read it. I, I've not read the yeah. final like five or six issues. So I can't wait oh, to read man. it. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, as, as I can say here, he does know how to stick a landing because Hawkeye feels very much the same. I am. Um, he, he comes in and ties everything into a neat bow for whoever wants to do something next. I, uh, I lost track because of delays in the original uh -huh. run because um, Aja is not the best monthly artist. No, Let's be generous, and, and no, yeah. I, I I love his art. It's fantastic. No, but it's a, it's it's the same thing there with like you know Gary Frank, right? Where yeah, it's their it's, process it's is not one that that leads itself to like, all right, it's worth the delays. Like to, as long as it looks great when it's done, I'll deal with it. Which but, I I got all the trades in front of me when I read it, so I wasn't impacted by that. But I right. do know from how I how I read the book is. That is why those issues with Kate were in there, were for yes. and Aha to get ahead. So is it Aha, not Aja? I'll, I'll tell you Aja, Aha, uh, whatever it is. I thought it was I Aja. I'll vouch for Hawkeye whatever. by Fraction. Uh, I haven't liked anything yeah. else I've tried by Fraction, but I'll vouch for yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Fraction. In uh, this is like the third or fourth thing I've liked from him. Mm -hmm. But the point of that is, uh, the delays hurt it to a point where I think this is because I'm a, you know. I think all of us can say we're we're DC people, not Marvel people, mm -hmm. as a whole. Where the delays hurt it enough that I fell off, but I'm looking forward to going back and and reading all well, of it, including the ending this time. It's it's Fraction gave me my like I know she existed before, but Kate is my de facto second favorite Marvel character, and it's because of Fraction, and then. Um, and that's uh, you started reading Kelly Thompson, Dylan's Young Avengers. With, yes, with her, right? She's right. I'm almost done with that, and that book's fine. I'm not in love with it like others, but she's almost a background character, like a she lot is. of with her um, no bar. I'm um, that's like my favorite Marvel comic, but it's yeah. she's not the reason. It's it's no. Loki and the the Hulk that's and stuff, which is like the that, forefront of that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, Kate. And it, I credit with Fraction because it's, it's that zaniness. When you go back and read the Kate stuff after you read Jimmy, there's a lot of similarities of him playing with the youth in yeah, I read the about odd situations they get if, themselves into. I think I read so. about 15 issues of that book before the delays made me kind of call it. Well, 
Once well, you get to you, let me know. Forward. Yeah, I mean, oh. it was the last thing I I bought on Comixology as a as a trade on sale, uh, because of things that are happening in life. Where right. I was before, I realized I couldn't afford it as much. So yeah, I was like, gotcha. I'll I'll buy that. Yeah, and then six uh, bucks is, is that's forgivable. I mean, yeah, it was know. about that. I think it was. I think in, in pounds it was like four fifty or four seventy right. something like that. And I was like, but like that whole run, yes, please. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really looking forward to reading it, uh, especially after reading this issue of of Jim Honestly, it was a, a fantastic way of closing off this run in tying in a lot of things that has happened over this run. Like, even the last, like, two or three issues with the crazy spaceship stuff. Mm -hmm. And it ties it into stopping Julian escaping. Right. Right. Uh, was, was fantastic. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, he knows really how to execute a plan. So, um, but yeah, so what's your rating this one? Uh, I'm giving it a nine because yeah. I, I, I can't dare to give it anything less. Yeah, I'm giving it a 9.5. That's how much I love this. I don't blame you. Yep. <sighs> All right, then. Guess I'll be left out at the end when everyone's picking that for their favorites. Uh, mm -hmm. I regret nothing. Uh, <laughs> before we get to end of the show, though, uh, I do have a Patreon bit to talk about. This is actually a makeup for last month. Um, I made the, the mistake of leaving it until all the busy weeks, and then... Uh, yeah, we had a week off because there was no books. So this is actually last month's Patreon book uh, from Tyler, which is American Vampire issue. We obviously I'll do issue nine later in the month. Uh, so we ended issue seven with, and obviously this is a uh, Scott Snyder and uh, Raphael Albuquerque. In case I wasn't mm -hmm. there. Uh, so we ended the last issue with uh, the oh god, what's the name of the group? <laughs> the which one? The book and them? No, the Vampire or... Hunters. The uh, yeah, I forget their name. Uh, but... They bring it up at some point in the issue, but right. uh, they they were they'd found peril at the end of issue seven, and the issue starts. This issue starts with them kind of confronting her, and making it very clear that they do kill vampires, but they're not there to kill her. They want information, and as we find out throughout the issue, what they actually want to know is her weakness. And Pearl kind of very quickly susses out that this is because they're trying to kill Skinner. They want mm -hmm. her weakness because that's the same weakness as Skinner. She's like, I'm not going to tell you. F off. Like, I'm not telling you how to kill me uh, because I don't trust you not to come back and try and kill me later. Um, and it's actually the boyfriend, Henry, who later goes and makes a deal. And, and we don't really get to see the outcome of it, but the implication is definitely that he does kind of give them the answer so that they can go and kill Skinner. Um, but obviously the main plot of the issue is that they've just had this, this uh, second murder in Vegas uh, it's the second of the four investors in the dam in the city. And Cash does not believe that it could be vampires, even though that's what, you know, they ended their story last issue with the implication they're about to tell him who they are, what they're really doing there. Uh, you know, Felicia and the, the guy, no, no, be hunting vampires. And Cash is not believing it at all. He's not, he's not even entertaining it for a second. And we get that there's a bunch of vampires arriving in the city, uh, staying at a hotel. And basically, the third of the four people uh, are murdered uh, in spectacular fashion. The, 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 the giant flying vampire bat, as it were, picks up the entire car, and it leads to like a an explosion, which the, the rest of the characters witness. And Cash doesn't really want to work with these two anymore, but he's like, "Look, I'm kind of short-handed, so even if I don't believe this shit, I want you guys to come and help me." 
And when the third one goes down, like, okay, we have to go to the fourth one and just protect them. Because clearly, whoever this is, you know, whatever this is, if that's one of the little details that I really like here is that uh, Cash at one point says whoever's doing this and someone corrects him over the phone and says, you mean whoever? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, showing that even though he's still putting up a fight and saying that he doesn't believe any of this, he he's starting to kind of feel like, yeah, whatever's doing this is monstrous, even if he doesn't believe in the, the supernatural or the vampires. Um, so they go to this, this fourth person in Vegas to protect them. And to Cash's surprise, he already, this, this person already knows about vampires and starts openly talking about them. And Cash is like just confused by this. And it turns out, uh, and this is something we already suspected as readers, but the the four investors in the city actually had a fifth investor, which was uh, a group of vampires, because the bid they had for the city was, you know, they could only afford to go that low because they had this mysterious fifth investor. And, you know, Cash pulls them up for this, you, 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 you unleashed hell upon this city. And interestingly, he's like, well, no, this isn't, like, the vampires haven't double-crossed us. This isn't them killing us. This is some other vampire. This is some third party who is interfering. The actual vampires who put money into the city are quite happy with the arrangement. Everything's going hunky-dory as far as all that's concerned. And then the big cliffhanger of the issue is that the monster, the monster vampire that's been killing these investors is actually Cash's father, who is supposed to be dead. And I suppose technically is in the sense that he's undead. And right. he is this vampire monster bat thingamajig. And... We get this glorious full page, uh, well, almost full page of like him and full bat vampire, where he goes proper monstrous. He you know doesn't resemble a human at all when he transforms and he flies out. Um, and the the cliffhanger is just uh, going back to uh, the you know the other characters, the other two agents, who uh, you know it's uh, Felicia's mother saying, "Hey, we've got the answer. We we know how to uh, kill Skinner." Because um, that's one of the other things, of course, that comes up is that they, they tell Cash that you know that this character Smoke is actually Skinner Sweet, and he's killed people of ours as well, uh, and we're de- you know we're here to finally get him. So there's a lot of like stuff kind of coalescing here, where like the reason why they're there is to see Peril ties directly into the main plot of the the arc. It's kind of a, a really neat way of not only just bringing her in, but bringing her in in a way that feels like it's actually related to the main story. It doesn't just feel like, okay, well, now we've got a subplot with Peril because everyone expects to see her at some point in the arc. Which, you know, it could, could have felt that way because we, we definitely shifted to a, a separate story for, for arc number two. And it feels like we're getting to the final issue of the arc because uh, I, I think it's like a, there's like a two-parter after this before the, the third trades story. Although, technically, the first mini might be coming up. Uh, I'll have to ask... Uh, Tyler how he wants me to tackle that because uh, the way it's done in the trades is it just gets inserted at the end of arcs rather than sort of you know in between the issues mm-hmm. so uh, I think personally I think I- I've read the first like four or five trades I think the better way to read it is the way the trades present it yeah no I would agree I, I think it's, just, it's easier as well because you don't have to worry about where they slot in you just kind of go and mm-hmm. read the the arc, as it were. Because ultimately they could, they could just be arcs in the main book it was just a way to speed it up so they could have two stories going at once yeah. So they were the first two trades. You have you have survival of the fittest, and there's is it the one before that? What the survival the of the minis. fittest? The minis. I'm, uh, I'm uh, sorry, the minis. Is that the first one or the second? I can't remember which one's first. I can't remember either. They're behind me too. I think the, the the way the the trades present because it's at the end of one of the trades, right? It's, it's, it's either the yeah. second. It's either the end of the second or the third trade. It's the it's, first mini. It's the 
It's the end of the, the third trade. Is it okay? I think, I think that's the, I'm gonna go look. The, I think that's the best way to read them is the way the trades present them. I think they made the right choice there. Um, yeah, because because they're just separate arcs. Like like I say, they they could like survival of the fittest could have just been the fourth arc in the main book before it went to what was next. But they wanted to have them coming out concurrently so they could. I think it was uh because it was a different artist more than anything. To be yeah, honest. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But again, if yeah, they wanted so the main boots to run longer, they could have done that and just sort of waited, or you know, and had Albuquerque I think it was the whole thing. I, I honestly think it was because it wasn't Albuquerque, and they wanted it was Murphy, right? That one. Yeah. 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 I think it was because they wanted Murphy to do it. That they were like, no, this is a separate thing rather than Albuquerque is the co-creator of American Vampire with Snyder, and they wanted to make that into a separate book instead because of that. Yeah. Matt's really digging out yeah. the papers here. No, I did. I had to. Um, yeah, this one, it, it, it's Survival of the Fittest, and it's after the end of the third okay. uh, trade. So, because that's the one I got signed by Snyder. Honestly, um, those trades are actually pretty nice. good value, because I think it's the third and the fifth yeah. that both end with a mini, and they could have just sold them mm-hmm. as separate trades, but instead they just put... Because they're like five issues, it's not like they're, they're super yeah. short. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone, us included, would have really complained if they were their own trade, right? No, but instead they said, no, no here's just a 12, 13-issue trade. Just have the whole and thing. That... Yeah, like, if it was a, a six-issue trade, a standard, and then a five-issue trade as the, the mini, and maybe they took two or three dollars off it. I don't think and, any and of really, us would have complained. Yeah. I'm looking at the list price. Um, the second trade's less, and it's $18. And the you know the third trade, which is, is a lot bigger, is... $17. So you get a whole miniseries <laughs> for a dollar cheaper for whatever that's, reason. That's yeah, weird. Or, um, me, honestly. Um, like, where to go? To me, um, that is an $18 trade and then a $15 trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean, uh, the issue itself here uh, has a lot of big revelations. Like I say, I like how it includes Pearl into the story because it feels like it's not just a shoehorned in oh. thing, it ties it directly into what's going on. And feels again, it kind of makes Skinner bigger. And I love that she gets. It. I love that she figures it out before they even tell her. Like that's that's who they're trying to kill. That's why they specifically need her her weakness. Um, as for as for the, the whole father thing, um, I don't know necessarily like how I felt when I first read this, or even how I feel about now, because I'd forgotten this was a twist. To be honest, I'd forgotten that the father turned mm-hmm. out to be the the, the oh, killer. Man. Uh, it'd been a while, and uh, I, I'm curious to see how this goes next. But I mean, if Skinner did kill him, it makes sense that he could have turned him. Uh, so that said, though, I mean, this doesn't necessarily feel like the same breed of vampire. Just, so yeah, I, I I remember the how it happens, and it's it's a real fun reveal. But this is why I love this book so much is it's like it's not just the American vampire that's different. There's different subspecies within. You know, the the more Dracula ones were called the Carpathians, and you meet mm-hmm. them in Survival of the Fittest. And then you have the one type that the dad is, and you'll find out about that one in, in the next issue. Yeah. Um, and whatnot. So it's just, it's really cool. I, I like the scientific approach that that Snyder brought to it, uh, and that each, each of these are different species, and they're all different, and that's why they're looking for the weakness for Skinner, because they don't really know what the American vampire weakness is. Right, because Skinner can go in the sun for limited times, right? Yeah. Is it, is it um, even limited? I thought it was just they could just go in the sun. Okay, general. maybe maybe it's not because yeah. it has been a while. Then he can go out yeah. in the sun, and his his venom when he bites is more akin to, to rattlesnake venom. It's not the same. But as he has a the regular vampire. Yeah, right. Uh, the full moon. And, and they're trying to and they're trying to find it, and 
I love that. I love that you can't handle them. You know, and they'll they'll eventually tie that into other creatures, which is fun too. That they're all kind of a yeah. subspecies. Oh, actually, of... Uh, it's been a while for uh, me too. Like I said, I think I read the okay. first three or four trades maybe five years yeah. ago now. Yeah. Oh, actually, did I have that flipped? Is it the opposite of the full moon? Is it when it's completely gone that was the weakness? For for what one? For for Skinner. For for Skinner and it, Peril. Yeah, it's it's the empty moon. The, or whatever you call the it. New moon. It's, the new moon. There you go. And there's there's another big one too, but I don't. Sure, I don't sure. It. Yeah, uh, but that was the one that's introduced that. already. Um, well, I've read it all before. I've just forgotten most of it. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> it's will, it's fine when you get there. This. Yeah. Uh, so now, like I say, art is obviously fantastic. Uh, the standout is definitely the reveal of the, the father vampire when he actually transforms. Uh, the backgrounds go all kind of like you know shaded and just kind of uh, lack in detail. Uh, the coloring is very interesting throughout the issue because the the way it flips between the two stories is that you look at all the stuff with Pearl and her her husband. It's a lot of orange. It's a lot of like sort of sunny kind of, and as in uh, California, where it's obviously, I mean Vegas is deserty too, so it's it's, it's not like that wouldn't fit there. But obviously, well, especially back then, yeah, you know, it's this oasis in the middle of the desert and it's drab and. But but the the Vegas stuff is den- generally speaking these dark sort of blues and purples and it's not so much even the neon it's just kind of the atmosphere of it because they because yeah. because they're not even in the city for the most part they're in the uh, they're in like sort of these like shadier little areas and that's this like mansion or castle at the end well not castle you got castles in Vegas but it's that kind of fort. <laughs> yeah. Do you have who the colorist is there? Uh, no. Gotcha. We'll be back okay. at the start of the issue. I, I, I know, it's Mateus like Santaluco, I think. That's who's listed along. That's who's along with the artist with Albuquerque. As I'm thumbing through this now, because I, I know I, I I love Albuquerque. I think we all like Albuquerque a lot. I actually I think mean, it's just Albert. Thing in that issue, it's just Albuquerque. You know, that's color, interesting because uh, I I like Albuquerque a lot, but I don't think of him as doing his own colors that often. Mm-hmm. There's one page um, that won't load for some reason as I'm going through this quickly on Comicsology, and it may be the credits page because I can't find a credits page. Typical. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't like when you're going through them really fast for some no, reason. It, it really doesn't. When you flick through like ten pages at once, it will insist on not loading at least two of them. Yeah. Uh, but no, solid issue, and I am excited to uh, go forward. And because this is a, a late uh, issue, I get to read the next one pretty soon. So. I'm. Uh, I have to admit, I'm tempted to reread this book. So, I mean, I think I mentioned it. I've, I've read three or four trades. I think four. But obviously, there's the new book coming. I'm tempted to catch up. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd probably reread from the start at this point because it's been a while. Um, But it is tempting. And I do love Al. I mean, I have an Albuquerque mission on the wall behind me. Mm-hmm. That's that's nice. how much I really love Albuquerque. It's, it's fantastic. And yeah. it's it's no secret how much I like Snyder on, on this podcast. Uh, I think I'm probably the most pro Snyder out of all three of us, if anything. Yeah. And, all right. Uh, I, I really want to eat, so shut up and let me just rate this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, solid 8 out of 10. There you go. Um, all right. That takes us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorites of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite uh, art, favorite cover, and uh, top five books of the week. So, uh, Matt, give us your panel slash moment. It's going to be the final page of Jimmy Olsen looking over Metropolis. Got him. <laughs> yeah, Connor. Do you, do you want to go first? See if I can find another one. 
Uh, I wouldn't want to say in main yet, admittedly. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I wouldn't want to say in main. Um, <laughs> it may just be the uh, the Wally and J-Hog, to be honest, in uh, Death Metal. There's maybe, I mean, there's a lot of good moments in Strange Adventures, though. Um, but in terms of like a, a moment on its own that kind of hit me with a bit of a, a punch, it was maybe that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Wally and J-Hogging. Okay, well, obviously my first thought was the, the final page of Jimmy Olsen, but Matt's already taken that. Uh, I'm going to take the page, the full page splash of uh, Superman and Adam Strange flying towards the, mm-hmm. um, the War Ninja. of the Worlds-esque creature. In uh, in uh, in that book, yeah, yeah that's that a good page. Chip. Yeah, very good page. Uh, favorite cover. I'll just jump in here now. I like there is some really good death metal variants, but I'm going to go with the Shainer cover for uh, Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. Matt, Doctor Strange. Strange. Sorry, Strange Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Doctor Adam Strange. Uh, <laughs> who are you picking, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with the Garrett's cover. Of Strange Adventures. There you go. Uh, to offset, to offset that. Although there's, I don't know who did it. The Wonder, there's a Wonder Woman variant of Death Metal Two, where she's wielding the Chainsaw of Truth, mm-hmm. and it looks like it belongs on a, an album cover. So that one's pretty good. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the, just to be different at this point, to be honest, because you've already picked the ones I like. Uh, the regular <laughs> cover of Jimmy Olsen on the yeah. sitting on the planet. I think that's that's fantastic. All right, Connor, best art. Strange Adventures. Matt? Yeah, Garrett's and Shainer. Yeah, Strange Adventures. There's no question. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's competition. I mean, Capullo's it's really good. But... Metal, Capullo, uh, and, and Lieber from, yeah. from Jimmy Olsen are fantastic. The Strange, Ad- competition. the Strange Adventures still wins, I think, without yeah. much yeah. thought. Uh, all right, Matt, top five books of the week. Go. So, uh, number one is Jimmy Olsen, two is Strange Adventures, three is Aquaman, four is Death Metal, and five, I guess, is Stupid Nightwing. <laughs> God, I wish you told me. Uh, one is Jimmy Olsen, uh, then Death Metal, Strange Adventures, Aquaman, Justice League. Yeah, well, I only read four, so I'll be ranking four. Uh, I... Number one is tough. I rated both uh, Death Metal and Strange Adventures the same. Um, I think the there's some excitement in Death Metal, but I'm going to go with the craft of Strange Adventures is putting that higher. So uh, Strange Adventures, which I did give best art to as well, so that's worth something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Strange Adventures, number one. Dark Knight's Death Metal 2, number two. Number three is Aquaman, and by default, Justice League is number four. So, but, uh, if I could count American Vampire, that'd be number four. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I could count American Vampire, that'd probably be better than Aquaman too. You, but still, I mean, you still gave Justice League, which in your lowest there is like a six or a six point five, right? It was a six. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, obviously it's notable we killed the other three that I read. Uh, yeah. But there you go. That is uh, our picks of the week, and I will now tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. We have Batman ninety five, so Joker War. Uh, finally gets underway officially. Yep. Uh, Detective Comics 1024 is out. The Flash 758. Action Comics 1023. Batgirl 47. Justice League Dark 24. Shazam 13. Batman Beyond 45. 
the Books of Magic 21 and the Joker Harley Criminal Sanity Secret Files number one uh, are all the books that are out next week from DC. There's a uh, Amethyst and Amethyst. Um, yeah. That's in the Wonder Comics section, and that's why I didn't see that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I like League of Comic Geeks, that's weird with that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's not a huge number. Of, I mean, there's a lot of books that I read there, but obviously we don't cover all of those. So uh, as far as looking forward to next week goes, you know, I am intrigued to see what you know John's because John's final Shazam next week, right? Or is fourteen the final one? I think, I think it's fourteen. This 14. is the Yeah, this is the 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 fill-in guy. I think it's a uh, what's his name? Wait, is it? I, I thought. I know. I think. I think. Yeah, and fourteen are the last two Johns. Yeah, it's Johns. Johns is the and then yeah. fifteen and sixteen are the other guy. No, no, there no. There's, there's no fifteen and sixteen. There's only one fill in at the end. Is it one right. fill in? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Why is I thought so it was back to back. I knew, I knew one of it was back to back. I know there was the the last issue, and then I couldn't remember if this one and then Johns yeah. is done. So next next week is the penultimate Johns issue, right? Yeah, yeah. And and apparently it's Eagle Shim all the way through. He's the only one. It's um, it's not the most exciting week. Let's be honest. No, but, I mean this is a couple of books. Um. I mean, Batman, Joker, War, I'm intrigued to see what uh, that's uh, finally going to be. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm also curious about what this Criminal Sanity Secret Fails is. I mean... Yeah. We'll yeah, see. it's if it's worth checking out or not. You know, with it being so different. And then uh, I think me and Matt are excited for Justice League Dark. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Joker Harley, uh, like... I mean, I'll, I'll probably talk about it regardless just because there's so little books, but... Uh, I think there's a lack of not, not a lot of books next week. Plus, uh, there's not lately to be big news just because we just had solicits and tends to be quiet afterwards. So we'll probably do a few questions next week. So, uh, well, if you've got questions to send it to at DC Comics Podcast uh, on Twitter or at mftvquestions at gmail dot com uh, via email, if you want, got a longer question, please do. Uh, I know some people put a question on Twitter a while ago. Uh, feel free to just sort of copy and paste that back, <laughs> and because uh, Pete can't be bothered to look back through it. But it's mixed in with a bunch of stuff. I'm never going to find it. Never going to happen. Uh, and you I'll wouldn't either. What, what? Why? Just people can copy and paste. It's a nice, easy, easy task. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a couple of questions next week, uh, since it's uh, a later, later week. But there you go. That is what's coming next week. So, yeah, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. Where's that gone? That's a really awkward place for it to go. My my sticky post-it. Uh, Me and Matt were silent, waiting for you to just reel them off. It was, it was, it was just cut off at the side of the screen. My, my third screen that's turned off right now. But it was just Terrible peeking excuse. in. Um, well, it moves. I'll leave it there. We'll just turn the other screen on. I don't need it on. It's just a waste of energy right now. Uh, so, thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Shaw, Bordenow, and Zammer Jammer. They are our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, they are all $20 and up on patreon.com slash TV, which is why they get that honor. But you can support us for as little as $1 per month and keep you know, all the content coming, feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Uh, $5 tier especially is uh, notable here because Comics from the Multiverse is a day early on that tier, as is previously in the Multiverse, and uh, you also get to vote occasionally on previously in the Multiverse as well whenever we're replacing one of the Patreon slots. Uh, so uh, go and have a look at patreon.com slash TV and see if you're interested in keeping uh, all the shows coming. So uh, go and have a look. 
Uh, otherwise, you know, like and subscribe on YouTube. Liking is very important there. Uh, it lets YouTube know that we're worth recommending out to other people. Maybe other comic fans will find us uh, because you click the like button. So please do that. Uh, you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a review. Same principle. More people will find us. Uh, so it's super helpful if you do that. Uh, so there you go. Um, but otherwise, uh, get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. And as I said earlier, send some questions for next week. Uh, happy to see them. And I think that's pretty much everything that I have to tell you. Uh, just uh, check out maybe me and Connor's reviews of Doom Patrol and Stargirl, which are ongoing right now every week, the TV shows. Uh, probably are worth your interest. Uh, again, on the Melifuss TV YouTube channel, uh, or you can get them on the Almost Cancelled audio podcast feed if you prefer to get them that way. Uh, there's links to all these things on the Patreon page at the top if you want to uh, find these things easily. Uh, but that is us. So thank you for joining us for episode 210 of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, as we get into the are we in the silver age yet if this was like a call if this was like superman issue one up to 211 are we in the silver age yet i don't think so no mm -hmm. still in the golden age okay right well we're still in the golden age of course i mean that's universe. 39 or 38 to 43 so yeah still distinctly Wait, we've got a while so, to go yet don't don't forget silver age doesn't start until flash Wait, so very... how's it only been four years matt Oh man, I'm bad at time. Yeah. It's <laughs> one issue feels a month. Much longer. In fact, it was less than that when it started. It was like one issue every three months. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was going by years. Four years. The point is, we still have a bit to go yet. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not as much as what Matt was saying. No, well, no, no. Maybe not. He, but... he might actually he might actually be right. I, yeah, what, I, yeah, what, issue, what issue of Superman was the Silver Age around? Well, I mean, I think we can judge on what issue the first. So that was 17 was. years, so add, so add 17, so you're looking at about 1956, so we're close to the Silver Age. We're close. Yeah. We're getting there. Another yeah, because it's, it's 58 that Flash comes out, right? That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're close. Oh, I'm, I'm Googling. I'm, now that we're, we're debating, I, I need to know. I need to need know. <laughs> he needs to prove you wrong, Matt. Silver Age Superman. First issue. This is terrible. Wait, what? Yeah. First appearance. What? I'm confused. I'm confused by this. It's not giving me a goddamn good answer. Uh, when did the Silver Age begin? Nineteen. It's gonna tell you, it's gonna tell you Barry Allen. Nineteen fifty-six. It says here. Yeah. What was the nineteen fifty-six issue of Superman? I. Superman comics released 1956. This right. is a terrible way to end episode 210. Uh, sorry a, to a everyone. Fantastic way. Um, actually, uh, the July issue of Superman in 1956 was issue 106. Well, probably because they relaunched at some point. <laughs> no, they didn't relaunch before. The, 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 the first time they relaunched was for racists. I like my answer better. <laughs> so we're way into uh, Silver Age then by that. Uh, only if you count Logic. by Superman. If you count years, nowhere near. Alright, hockey to what? Batman. Right, let's see if what Batman oh, issue was no. up to. Let's go. You were hungry, remember? I am. I, you know what? I am. <laughs> this isn't right. my fault anymore. Detective no, Comics not. Detective Comics 231. Was in 1956. Well, we still got another like half a year to go yet. 
Yeah, well, yeah, but we started in 27, though, for Detective. Shut up. For Batman. So we're actually... Silver... We've been all the Silver Age people. Welcome to the Atomic Silver Age. You are welcome. We're on this journey. The, the March to the Bronze Age begins. Thank you very much. Keep reading DC Comics. Have we'll a see drink. you next time. <laughs> and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.